is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can infest a horse, of course, that is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Visser 3. Welcome to the Yerky Boys. May the Candrona shine and strengthen you. My name is Will. <laughs> My name is Jonathan. And we are the, the Yerky, Yerky Boys. Boys. That's us. Um, yeah, horse book this time. Uh, see, I mean, I don't, I, it's just, it's not generally uh, the best idea to have uh-huh. two different tunes competing with each other at the same time. No, no. Because it's, I mean, it's going to be underneath, but it's going to, we're coming in right in hot with like song to song. I just think it's going to be uh, jarring. <laughs> Listen, you're the sound editor, so it's going to be your job to make sure that that works. <laughs> well, I'm not going to. <laughs> well, then it'll be on you, not me. Well, it's on you. The people, the people know who it's on, I think. Yeah, they do. It's true. <laughs> they all really liked my, my little song. They, they, the people are all big Mr. Ed fans, and they'll be very upset if well, you don't put in the effort. It's also not... The song is not accurate to the books (laughs) (laughs) no it's not but that's not the point okay okay it's not about that 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 was not the point you're right you're right uh you're right you're right uh so we're we're back we're back this is our first episode post season one Mm -hmm. and we're back with another book a regular ass book yeah as i was reading it i i was feeling like it is nice to be back with our our little morphers um you know you had said that before and i i think i agree with you i like being back in the the swing of the regular morphs yeah it's it's nice to be back we'll see we'll see just how nice it is or it is <laughs> as the episode goes on we sure will but um, i mean this is quite the book but we do have I promised it at the end of last week's episode and we do have some residual sharing to do residual Mm -hmm. is that right sometimes I say words and I don't really think about if they mean what I think they mean this is the leftover sharing right I just love to say residual though I hope that's correct now, Good. well, you've said it a lot of times. So. Okay, well, shall I shall I read this email? Yes, yes, please do. All right, the sharing. So this <laughs> this email, uh, and and apologies again because by the time you hear this, it's going to be like three weeks since this poor person sent this in. But this, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever. It's this is our only backlog is this one email. So we have to stretch out our sharings as much as we can. This comes in from Spam Viking, who, and the subject of this email is positive feedback. <laughs> Whoa, I love positive feedback. <laughs> it's really good. Tell me what's good about me, please. Uh, so uh, Spam Viking says, good morning, presumptuous, because it's not the morning. <laughs> it's not, no, we're doing this later than usual. In, in fact, fact. Uh, well, I don't know what time zone they're in, but according to our email, this was sent to little after noon so wrong on all counts my friend (laughs) anyway now let me talk about how this nice person said nice things about us (laughs) 
So let me begin by saying that I really think your podcast is great. I didn't make this up. This is a real email. Oh, my God. From a person Do we, we know this person no, IRL? We don't know. Oh, my this, God. This is a stranger. Okay? This is the stranger. I can't believe we waited three months to respond to this. I know. You know what? Let's just read like a sentence at a time. <laughs> Let's really milk this thing for all it's worth. <laughs> Uh, no, they continue. I'm excited to hear you both as you tackle the rest of the series. I'm of a similar age as you and read the books as they came out. I value the perspective of a new reader as I think it can ground the rest of us when holographic dog robots start showing up. Uh, as I write this, the most recent released episode was the first of the Andalite Chronicles trilogy. So they're, they're not going to spoil anything. So, uh, you know, in terms of our book discussion, they're not that far behind from when we started. But here's their question. They have an actual question for us. Not, it's oh, wow. not just praise. <laughs> I wish it were, but there's a question. Do you think the Andalites meant to invent morphing technology? Or do you think it was like a byproduct or accidental consequence of some other research? It seems like they barely use it by and large, except for spy missions. Maybe they just think it's too creepy or it's not honorable or something i could see an andalite scientist presenting this tech and being like well we couldn't get the yerk dna scrambler to work but we can turn into birds now what do you think in any case thanks for the great show and i look forward to your continued success i don't know about continued but uh <laughs> so what do you think maybe future success uh i i like this idea i like this theory um because it is true i it doesn't seem like the morphing technology is used in a practical way very often with the andalites i mean we we see them use it for artistic purposes it it feels like if it you know if it, maybe the scientist who invented it you know maybe they um they were just doing it because it was fun or interesting or cool but uh you know the the actual electorate or the um the military branches you know they're like oh that's just weird scientist junk right that's not important or useful you know uh, only like the weirdo self indulgent artists and stuff do anything with that and I, I guess we'll use it when we need to um yeah andalites i feel like they could be more imaginative i i <laughs> if i had to to guess a reason why they don't do it more it probably is Something more like it's not honorable. Uh, you know, they're, they are very like, you know, even Axe, right? It's like, well, I could morph into a, a tiger to fight the Yerks, but, you know, obviously my Andalite body is the best one. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're arrogant. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, that it, is the word. <laughs> it is weird that, yeah, you, you know, the Axe is like, yeah, I don't really never really morphed that much and Elfangor is like yeah I morphed like a shitty bird once and and it's like you invented this like why why did your people come up with this to just not even use it this was just or do you just have so many cool things that for them this is like you know this is like the game boy or something it's like yeah yeah we made the game boy we're not all playing it all the time <laughs> just cuz we have it mm -hmm. uh, um i mean another i think obvious potential reason is it's just too dangerous because they can you can all you have to do is spend two hours in it and you're stuck forever mm -hmm. uh, but i would also think that the way that the andalites military seems to be run 
similar to the American military, they would be more than willing to potentially sacrifice soldiers if it would make them better weapons of war. <laughs> but they seem to think they're just fine as Andalites in spaceships. I guess, I don't know if the Andalites do much tail-to-tail, as it were, combat. It's, what we've seen so far is mostly just ship combat. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe it it's not like really relevant. Yeah, it seems like the primary... Yeah, I mean the the in um in the Andalite Chronicles we saw Andalite and Horkbajir like blade combat actively when they were boarding because if they used too much shredder fire they could punch holes in the ship. But yeah, I mean if you're on if you're in atmosphere, why don't you just shot them with your beam weapons? If you're in space, why aren't you using fighters? I I do agree. I don't know how often that should be coming up. I mean, it's kind of true. Even even if if humans could had morphing technology, wouldn't we still just use guns? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, you're I a tiger! Into, bang yeah. bang. <laughs> turn into a gorilla, so you can still shoot, but now you can. Oh I don't know. yeah, sure, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does. It seems like really the best use for it is the. Uh, speaking of gorilla, the like gor- either gorilla warfare or spy <laughs> missions. You know, like not just straight up war type missions. But I mean, they yeah. don't even seem to use it like you said they use it for yeah. art. I guess what else would you use it for besides fun and war? <laughs> Those are kind of the two the two things. Andalites need better fun, that's what I think. Well, you know, actually the best use of morphing in our world would be for movies cuz you don't have to train animals, you don't have to worry mm. about disclaimers that you miss. You can even like hack an animal's arm off in a scene for real and and they just morph back and they're cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you. Milo notice would be a on the trauma you can put your actors through, even if they don't. No, it'd be fine. (laughs) They do get their arms hacked off a lot in this series. (laughs) Yeah, they don't even care. Clearly, it's okay. It's fine. Their guts are all constantly coming out. Yeah, so so yeah, that's um I would love to find out more about how and why this technology was actually created. I mean, there's a lot to mine there. Yeah, I mean, we will we'll get a little more insight because we haven't actually met any Andalites who aren't warriors yet. We will do that, and uh, I we do get a little bit of tangential insight into the inventor of the morphing technology. I don't think we ever really get anything direct, but we get like, oh, that's I'm in that family type of thing, and this and it's brand new type of thing. Um, so we'll we'll pay attention to that. I think. All right. I think we will. Well, thanks, Spam Viking, for the email that was sent into, of course, the yerkyboys at gmail.com. If anyone else would like to share their thoughts or questions with us or positive feedback. <laughs> yeah, we love positive feedback. <laughs> yeah, we love that. You could you could leave a review for us on like iTunes. I think that helps too if you want. All right. Sure. Let's get to the book. Let's get to it. Business. Business. Yeah, so um, it's interesting when I'm reading this, uh, you know, I like to break it up into seasons where we would be, this is our first book of season two. Um, When I started reading the series, we were toward the end of what I consider to be season two. We were on book 20. Um, And so as I was like filling in my prior gaps in reading, this is the sort of era, so to speak, that I had started with. Because like, oh yeah, let's get these. They're some of the more recent ones. Um, Now, book 14, The Unknown, this book, was not one of the earlier ones that I read. 
but it, it, there's a feeling to me, and I'm going to try to pay attention and put into words exactly what that feeling is of, of it being like of the era when I started, whereas the first books are not like of the era when I started. Hmm. Um, there's something about it that like feels different than that first set of books. Uh, I want uh, and and yeah, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I, I, I agree. I think you're right. I think you're onto something, mm-hmm. but I also, uh, maybe as the episode goes on, I'll be able to articulate it. I don't know that I can yeah. fully say it right now. I don't know that I can articulate it until I read more books too, because this book is kind of exceptional at this point in the series for reasons we'll get into. And that's it, not necessarily going to continue in every way. Well, so. we're also coming to this hot off the heels of the Andalite Chronicles, so yes, it's very it's a it's a bit of whiplash to. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> almost any book compared to that would be <laughs> a a strange turn, but <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. like you can't follow up those the stakes of that book. It's like no matter it would it's very difficult right. for them to to do that like which you know I've said before about other books but especially in this case it's like if you're if you're looking for the high stakes tension and drama everything's going to be a step down compared to Andalite Chronicles. Yeah. I mean maybe and and just to give a little bit away for those who haven't read it this book is a little bit lower stakes than some of the other ones have been. Uh, um maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you do want to say like all right, we're not even going to try like this. We're we're going into this kind of a book. We're not doing the big the big book. You need a break here. sometimes. Yeah. And you don't want I think that's you know, fair. if this were using the season metaphor again, you're not going to kick season 2 off with a well, maybe you are. It depends on the show. But I feel like a lot of times you start with the more low-key, let's get back in the groove kind of an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. Uh, we want to talk about this cover. <laughs> you know what? I you know Well, yeah. I, th- or, what I, what I, I just wanted to say, what I really want to yeah. say is that I kind of feel like Elsa a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I really, I'm excited to get into the unknown, into the unknown. Our guest didn't know it was a musical episode. <laughs> or even, how about this, into the unknown. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's the one. I like that one Yay! a lot. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So the cover. Yeah. It's These a- are some of the best faces yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, so it's Cassie turned into a horse. Uh, I, I don't. There's a lot of places to start here, but first of all, am I, uh, am I wrong? I feel like usually the morphed animal is in the foreground, and the human starts in the background, and this cover is the reverse. Because I, I think you. I thought when Tobias the Tobias book recently was sort of uh, an exception to that, in that it yeah like he well nice. well technically it's not an exception because he was turning into a boy yeah I'm looking at the last few books it sure looks like all all of it them switches up oh no the other Cassie book was uh, yeah was a human a couple of times I'm not sure which is more common at this point but they they switch hmm. it up for sure. Okay, yeah, I wonder right. if there's a standard they're moving toward. They're trying to figure it out. 
Yeah, never mind. Yeah, in my it looks like more so the animals in front, but nah, not that much more so. It's it's fairly even actually. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. So never mind, scratch that. Hard to say. I, I feel like I'm like, oh yeah, of course it's consistent. And which one? It's whatever one that was last time. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't know that that's true. Apparently not. Uh, how about Cassie's drip on this cover? Hmm. Yeah, looking pretty stylish here. She's got like dad pants, like Docker's yeah. pants, like a big belt. You can't see the belt uh, behind this title, but Seropedia has an un. Ooh. A version of it without the title covering where you can really appreciate the pants and belts look. That's exciting. <laughs> and just this purple t-shirt tucked in. <laughs> tucked yeah. into the pants. I also like, uh, has her hair been up before? I don't remember her hair being up like that. Or is it just short? Yeah. Shorter. Which... Um, I mean, her hair is supposed to be short, but I don't know. I mean, let me let me go look at the. Uh, I know in book four it's kind of hard to tell because it's wet. Uh, yeah, no, it's it, it. I mean, in book nine it looks even shorter than this. It, it does look different here. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe I just always thought she just had her hair up or was behind her head or something. <laughs> what do I know? I just assume that all girls have longer hair. Pretty sure it describes her as having short hair in the books. What what, what regularly. do I? What do I read? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going off what you say. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but anyway, I, I thought she, I just thought she looked a little different on this cover, but I wasn't sure what that was. And obviously, as you said, the some of these horse faces are quite stunning. Yes, I, I this these faces are great. Um, we're in a run of some good faces. Uh, just wait till two books from now, and they'll blow these ones out of the water. But these wow. are very good for now. I can't wait. And I also like the quote on the cover. Uh-huh. <laughs> never. It says, yeah. Mm-hmm. Never underestimate right. the power of a morph. <laughs> or a droid. <laughs> That's <for> God. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Usually yes. I have those stupid lines in my head. And that one, somehow I forgot you brought it back. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I've uh, read this book since, or at least I've certainly not looked at the cover of this book very closely since I saw that movie. So, uh, oh, there it <laughs> that is. That was very strongly in there this time. That's good. Do, do you think this cover was really, you know, horse girls were really excited about this book? Mmm, <laughs> that's interesting. That's if they were trying to get into that demographic, maybe. My Little Pony, all those kinds of kids. Or it's not like the most glamorous looking horse though. <laughs> no, they actually, uh, so they point, make a good point on Seropedia here. Uh, mm, I wonder if that's what I'm thinking, but go ahead. It probably is, but it, it says that this horse does not fit the description of yeah. Cassie's original horse morph. She mm. actually gets a new horse morph in this book. It also is not this horse. They, <laughs> they look totally different. Yeah. I thought this, they described it some as being other horse. like golden or something. Yeah. Is yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I thought this did look like her first horse, though. I thought it was a just a basic brown horse, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't remember what her other horse morph. Looks yeah, that like, is kind of strange. But it certainly gray. doesn't look like the cover is. Yeah, it's, it, if they're trying to appeal to little girls who love horses, they're not like they're not playing it up. They're not 
making it look like a fairy princess horse or anything. It's very yeah. It's I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that Cassie, as you said, is not particularly glamorous herself on this one. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's her thing. That's her thing. That being said, you know there. Were, some of those, like, My Little Pony horse girls were definitely kind of weirdos. Like, I, I could see this being the kind of cover that grabs someone like like Jenny Nicholson or so, right, as a kid. Being like, oh, yeah, I need my weird morphing horse thing. Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, like, the uh, the Tina Belcher of mm. weird, <laughs> weird kids, right? <laughs> uh, Jenny Nicholson could listen to this, you know? She might, yeah. You yeah. never know. Let us know if you want to be on the show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, it's a good cover. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to blow past the the inside of oh, Born don't. to Run. Right. Little Bruce Springsteen for y'all. Right. Sure. Yeah. Born to Run. Cool. Yeah. That's all I had to say about that inside cover, really. <laughs> okay. Well, shall we get started with the book proper? So I actually have a thing about this dedication page because it's uh, important. Oh, thank God. Uh, I know. So this dedication page is... So in the past, the standard has been dedicated to her husband, Michael. So from this point going forward, that's no longer the case. Now it will be dedicated to her husband and her kid. Right. Because Kay Applegate had a kid around this time. Oh, my God. Which is insane to think how much output and the Andalite Chronicles and there's a kid now involved. Wait, so that means that for up until this point, for most of the Animorphs run, she was pregnant. I suppose that's true. I mean, if she had a kid around this time, I mean, this series has only been out for a year and a half, nine months. Right. Is the time it takes to have a kid. Right? I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Okay. What well, do we know? What's the kid's name? So, I have things to say about that, and I have a little uh, wag of the finger at Seropedia here. Oh, are we? Is um, this uh Okay, go on. I see where this is yeah, going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You do see where this is going. So, uh, her kid is transgender, um, and her name is Clara. Right. Now, obviously, in the book, it's got her dead name which uh, happens to be Jake. I don't, you know, Whoa. which is pretty funny to me. <laughs> well, that <laughs> right? can't be a coincidence. No, it's not a coincidence. There's no way. <laughs> which one that... came first is the question. Mm. I mean, maybe she already had that as a good name in her head. She just I don't know. loves that name. Yeah. But importantly, if you go on Seropedia for this book, it has trivia about uh, her daughter on it, but it says her son you know, and it dead names her, and it uses the wrong mm. pronouns. And I expect better from Seropedia, to yeah. be honest. Like, it's, it, you know, you know it's Me different too. when it's in the book. Can you imagine if you go on Wikipedia and it said The Matrix was directed by the Wachowski brothers, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know better. Yeah, no, this is, so, yeah. I'm not going to change it, but, like, if somebody <laughs> wanted to go edit Seropedia, you know. Tisk tisk. Naughty, naughty. Tisk tisk, Seropedia editors. Not our first quarrel with those pieces of shit. That's right. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> we only cite them like five times an episode. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> they're fucking assholes. I know what's wrong with them. All anyway, right. we've, we've dealt with that. And you can now assume that if I have nothing to say about the dedication page, that it is dedicated to both her husband and her daughter. That's nice. <laughs> All right. And that's going to be consistent going forward. 
That's consistent going forward. Okay. Any so, other kids? Do, does Kay Applegate have any other kids or just one? Yeah, she adopted a kid in uh, after the series ended, I believe. Oh. Uh, and, that, and she's named Julia, I believe. Yeah, post-series, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> she didn't go for Jake again. She's like, let me try again. Make it <laughs> stick this time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe K. Applegate had like a some kind of a experience with a Jake in a past life, or a, or maybe she had like an Elemist experience where her Whoa. Jake was erased, and so she yeah. she wants Jake. That's to live interesting. On. I mean, you'd think the Ele- ah, no, I wouldn't. I would think the Elemist would fuck around with that. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah. So you'd think the Elemist would have known better, and 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 she just have Clara. But no, actually, I don't think that. I'm just trying to turn this into a dark tower kind of a. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. That's good because I I had noticed I didn't get a good dark tower reference this book. Oh, so. I have one. I have an. Oh, good. I have good. an easy one. Thank God. Yeah, we'll save. We're it. saved. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is saved. All right. So. Uh... So now we can talk about the book, I guess. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. So, opening scene here. Uh, Rachel's hanging out with Cassie in the barn, uh, you know, commenting on her poorly fitting clothing when Cassie's dad comes in and says that he needs her, uh, because crazy Helen, who lives out in the dry lands, uh, capitalized, of course, uh, has reported a sick horse. Uh, Cassie gets Rachel to come with them, uh, so she won't be stuck in the car with her dad and they all drive out to the dry lands, uh, which is not like quite desert, but it's all like short scrub grass and stuff and they meet crazy helen who is this lady she's like 80 she lives in a trailer wears cowboy boots and stuff she talks about aliens sending messages through her teeth that kind of stuff um they find the sick horse which looks drunk and wobbly and they see it walk up to a uh, pay phone uh which we might need to explain to the folks at home what that is but (laughs) Uh, if you will move on for now, uh, then the, the horse attempts to make a call at this payphone. Um, as Cassie's dad goes off to get some stuff, Cassie and Rachel see a yerk crawl out of the horse's ear. Um, Rachel gets bad vibes, tells Cassie to run and Dracon beams come out of the sky and blow the whole place up. Uh, you know, Cassie wakes up in crazy Helen's trailer with her dad and Rachel looking after her. And we find out that nearby, there is the Air Force Base Zone 91, which uh, her dad assumes is responsible for the explosion. So a lot of stuff <laughs> happening right here in this scene. I, I, I blazed through a lot of it, but uh, let's go back and talk about some of it. <laughs> okay, let's talk about some of it. Uh, I mean, okay, it's just some character stuff. First off, you know, we're yes. back. We're back in it with all the recaps and the descriptions of all the characters we've heard before. Uh, Cassie, I feel like she focuses a couple times oddly to me about the fact that she is short compared to Rachel, who is so tall, like a model. And was it, it, it was it, or is it seen as unattractive for a girl to be particularly short? I don't remember this being a, like a thing. <laughs> Am I wrong? Yeah, I don't, I mean, is it, is it, is that how, how you're reading it in this book? I don't know if I picked up on that. I mean, she says, I'm short, okay looking, but definitely not beautiful. I'm more stocky and solid than tall and willowy. Mm. If you want tall and willowy, you'll have to meet my best friend, Rachel. And then she mm. calls herself short again, like a couple times later. I just, yeah, I don't know. It seemed like a, 
seemed like a clear, she's self-conscious about her height, which I didn't, yeah. I guess it's just because she's per, maybe more specific to Cassie because she's always hanging out with Rachel, who's that. Mm-hmm. That could be. I wasn't sure if there was like I, a I mean, I've definitely thing. run into women who have like, feel they seem like they're insecure about like oh i'm short but whatever and and it's like that just all that's like expected (laughs) yeah like that's that that's yeah people i don't know hashtag all women (laughs) good hashtag but what i but what i like here is rachel she's Mm -hmm. she's really uh, she's like a real roast queen in this book She, yeah, Rachel is pretty good with the roast. She's, I mean, usually she's zinging Marco, but she's zinging Cassie too, making fun of her outfit. And Mm -hmm. kind of a little bit reminds me of our dynamic. (laughs) You know? I I can see that. I can understand that. Yeah, like she she remarks upon, or somebody does about her dad who is wearing mismatched socks, which. Yeah, which is something you always get mad at me about, how my socks never match. (laughs) Yes. Correct. You get a little bit furious about it. I don't think I, I get I might furious. Say. I just think... That, I, I think I might say furious. I just think you shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? They're You're, all socks, right? I mean, I'm certainly not a Rachel, but if, if if we have to be put into these positions, then clearly I'm the Rachel and you're the Cassie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I really do uh, like Walter, Cassie's dad, a lot. I, I Walter would be my friend in real life. I'd be like, "Yay, Walter, what's up?" Yeah. I love him. Yeah, because he's a. This is where he comes in. His pants also don't fit; they're too short, and he's got the mismatched socks. And Rachel's like, "Oh yeah, I see where you get it from, Cassie." <laughs> yeah, you 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 will become Walter perhaps one day, or maybe you already are That's, him. <laughs> it's aspirational to me. I don't know that I could become a guy as great as Walter. Right. We can only hope. <laughs> um, I mean, I get it. Okay, there's and there's a couple yeah. weird things here about just the way they referred it. Though, first of all, I noted there was another instance of Cassie explaining what meds is short for. <laughs> I that, <laughs> right that happened once before, and I thought it was kind of funny. I think they keep doing it. Yeah, we weren't. Uh, we didn't quite hit the Ritalin age yet. I guess where that's just common knowledge. Mm. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, also, like, there's a part where Rachel refers to the mall as the place. Yeah, I like that. Like, like how you might do with a dog. <laughs> but what is? Uh, I wasn't sure. I know what the place is, Rachel. You're not taking me to the mall. <laughs> yeah, is that what it is? She's trying to trick That's Cassie. What... <laughs> right. I know how to spell V E T vet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe she was trying to like the or their parents didn't want them to go there or something, but <laughs> it's for Cassie's benefit. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty funny. And also this moniker, the Drylands. Yeah, that I, that is <laughs> very strange, right? This sounds like a Mario level. Uh, it's, mm. I, it's, it's very strange. It also does, you know, this is the real world. So we're kind of, <laughs> look, we know it's California, but we're kind of narrowing in on, well, there's arid desert kind of, 
environments around here. But it's not like anyone in the real world refers to an area as <laughs> the dry lands. I mean, this it's, yeah. this sounds like Waterworld or like some weird post-apocalypse. We're heading out to the dry lands. I don't know what. I think it's not that narrowed down because it is like a multi-hour drive to get out there, they said. Mm. So that gives it big radius. But like they're already narrowed down enough. It, it is like nobody. That's such a weird thing to say, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Not just say, yeah, we're going out to the desert. Or yeah. Well, it's not a desert. It's the dry lands. It's the dry lands. Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What's next? Are we, should we talk now, about the horses or? <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Crazy Helen. Okay, That's Crazy what Helen. I want to talk sure, about. sure. Because I, I, I'm just gonna say right now, Crazy Helen is kind of my my waifu. From, for this series. <laughs> I do like that you really, it, it takes very little to have an exact picture of what crazy Helen looks like yeah. in your head. Like we've yeah. seen this character. We know who this is. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't think like crazy Helen doesn't show up again in these books really, does she? And I don't think she shows up anywhere else, but like, I, I know who this is, right? She lives in a, in a trailer out in the desert, she's got a bunch of alien merch. She sells, like, mugs with alien merch on them. You know, crazy Western old lady, you know. <laughs> I Like, I know exactly who this is, yeah. I mean, uh, and honestly, this is my dream, right? When I'm 80, I want to live out in a trailer with a crazy Helen type. <laughs> Walter and crazy Helen, the <laughs> spinoff. <laughs> that's, that's my dream right there. Yeah, she mentions loco weed, which I assume means weed. <laughs> <laughs> right. I assume that's what that means. So is that our first drug reference in these books? It might. It might be. Uh, it is not our last. I feel like there might have been some, somebody might have said so, somebody's on drugs or something, but. Mm, yeah, it could be. I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, there's one coming a ways down the line that it it's insane that she got away with. <laughs> All right. I'll put, I'll put but that post but yeah, that. no, I, and I mean, she says the horses might have eaten it, so that makes me wonder: is she just like growing pot out in the yard? The horses, well, the wild yeah, horses oh, can just come through and munch on I it. I wasn't sure if maybe there's some kind of wild plant in the desert that could just make it hallucinate yeah. if you eat it, like a mushroom or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Western kind of person. I don't really know what grows out there, so there could be. You mean? But I also when you say Western, you mean West Coast. West Coast is what I'm, you know, like in the old Westerns, right? <laughs> or you could be like versus like the East and the West, you know, like. West of the Rockies. Got, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Helen's the type, right? Helen's, maybe it's because I am, when I think of like the backwoods types, I think about people that I lived with in, in upstate New York. And that's where I'm just like, well, yeah, of course they're growing weed in their backyard, right? Like that's what you do up there. Right. I don't know if that's what they do out west. <laughs> yeah, it's what they do out west. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's what makes them see things like horses dialing telephones. Right. <laughs> now, Crazy Helen, uh, you know, she talks about how she got abducted by aliens and they did medical experiments. And if if this were right before the Chronicles, you would assume she's crazy. But now you have to wonder, you think she had a legit experience with the Skritna? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's quite possible, I mean, right? there is a, I guess we kind of, uh, you did kind of say this part, I suppose, where she, when she wakes up, she sees cardboard cutouts of aliens around mm -hmm. her. 
And the first one she sees, she doesn't realize it's a cardboard cutout, but it's a it's like a gray from Close Encounters. And mm-hmm. I I legit thought a script nod took her. <laughs> <I was, laughs> That's great. <laughs> I was like, I guess we're we're bringing them back. They're, we're really going with that. <laughs> that would have been a much wilder book than this one is. <laughs> yeah, that does that definitely did not happen. Yeah. Uh, but but like you said, um, Crazy Helen does say something about, don't you know, aliens invented computers? How do you think yeah. we got, like, you know, that hits different right. after Andalite Chronicles. And she's right. <laughs> she's right. <laughs> that's all thanks to Alan Fangor. Yeah, that's right. Good old Alan Fangor. Now, she uh, she also does say some, like, uh, vaguely troubling stuff about, like, the NWO in Atlantis, which ends up, a lot of times, that ends up being, like, tangentially, like, right-wing there, there's definitely a conspiracy Atlantis theorist right wing pipeline. <laughs> not exactly, but the NWO is for sure. Or mm. it's not right wing, but it's right wing adjacent. It's on a pipeline. It could, it could be a red flag. Um, okay. A- Atlantis is, you know, it depends on the context, right? It depends on if the person is talking about like, you know, uh, Aquaman, the ancient societies <laughs> of of you know Atlantis and Lemuria and the the ancient. Uh, aliens, the Hebrews, or whatever, and because people get into this shit, it's weird, man. Mm. Helen does say uh, she's talking about Martians, and she says very, very sneaky, untrustworthy folks. Mm. <laughs> Turns out she's right, though. Mm. <laughs> what the Skritnar are like. Mm. Wait, the Skritnar are from Mars? Well, no, but everybody calls them. Uh, Lauren and Chapman called them Martians. They were like the little green men from, or maybe they didn't call them Martians. I don't remember. They called them green men. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's uh, she. It, she does seem like she could veer into anti-Semitism pretty quickly if she wanted to. <laughs> yeah, you always got to be careful with the conspiracy types. They're great. I love them, but you just sometimes you never know. <laughs> what was I just? Was I watching something or reading something about this? Where yeah, there is there. There was this shift. It, it seems like in culture where the mm-hmm. conspiracy theories used to be from the left. And it and that and now it's the right because it used to be like Bigfoot and aliens and the X Files. I feel like was the you know all that kind of paranormal stuff was like hippies and weirdos and mm-hmm. freaks and and now it's freaks and weirdos in a different way. <laughs> There's always been some overlap, right? Where where you you can straddle the line, you know, the way that like you might say, like, is a libertarian left wing or right wing. Right. And, and the answer is that they tend, they tend right wing if forced into one of the main sectors, but there's left wing ideas in there too. And, and that's the sort of person you're often getting in conspiracy theories. I do think you're right though, that um, like that did used to be significantly more of a, of a left wing idea. I wonder if it's Um, Clinton is like because you know Nixon was like the biggest conspiracy and and he was a Republican mm-hmm. and then in the 90s we then we had the whole Monica Lewinsky scandal maybe that maybe that was the shift maybe that pivoted everyone. yeah and that guy Clinton like killed on that airplane or whatever <laughs> also maybe just people got more um like partisan so it became more about like I feel like so many of the conspiracy theories now are just well, the Democrats are eating babies or whatever. They're not fun anymore. They're all just, they have an agenda. <laughs> I don't know. Let's go back to the fun <laughs> conspiracies. Like That's all I'm saying. 
Yeah, right. Like, let's, uh, you know, I, I referenced Daniel Pinkwater before. I'm going to reference another one of his books, Alan Mendelssohn, The Boy from Mars. If you want to learn about Lemuria and all these ancient uh, uh, alternate dimensional civilizations from a kid's book perspective, I highly recommend checking that one out. Great. Cool. <laughs> check that out. Or you can maybe check out Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Isn't hmm. isn't that Lemuria? I think. Is it? I didn't see that one. Oh, well, yeah. I think that's where Namor's from. I think. Yeah, <laughs> you're the Marvel head. You can. Uh, so how about these I'll horses? Whatever you say. Yes, these horses, right? Um, now, before we talk about them, at the beginning or at the end of chapter one, Cassie teases. Uh, quote, the evil horses that threaten all of humanity, unquote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when you read that, <laughs> you might be thinking to yourself, and we'll find out if this is rightfully so, but you might be thinking to yourself, is this one of those stupid books? <laughs> <laughs> I brought up earlier, like, there's the books that you might call, these are the stupid books. <laughs> You might be starting to suspect that this could be one of them when you read that phrase. I read that phrase, and I what I wrote down was, is this horse shit a joke or for real? I can never tell anymore. <laughs> uh, so I was just, did not know what was going to happen here. Yeah, I mean, you just... To be fair, you you never know with these books. They but then they we do very places. quickly see a horse attempt to dial a telephone. So yes. Uh, oh, and and a yerk comes out of. I mean, you know, it, the mystery is not a mystery for very long. You, you're quickly no. learning there's yerks and horses. Yes, and this does raise a question because this is the first time we've seen yerks infest non-intelligent or at least less intelligent animals, mm-hmm. and. Like, we don't know what exactly the parameters are for Yorks to infest. Like, is it brain size, ear canal size, intelligence of brain? Like, what could could they go infest dolphins? Or, you know, maybe their brains are too big to stretch over well. Could they infest dogs? Hmm. See, right? yeah, I, I would assume they're, like, they don't know what's intelligent or not, right? Because they're not from Earth. Mm-hmm. So they, they should be out there just testing animals all the time and trying to figure out what's useful or not. Yeah, and it does seem odd that... Well, I guess they take a human's brain and they just learn what's intelligent, but anyway, mm-hmm. go on. Yeah, but it, it seems odd that they, they don't have enough hosts if they can infest things like horses. Although, uh, I will say, we might get some reasoning as to how they can infest horses. I don't remember the details of it exactly, but like, um, there's there's that potentially ties into a greater storyline. Wow. Yeah, well, not can, in this book. I can tell you, if I was Cassie or Rachel and I saw Yurk come out of a horse's head, the first thing I'm doing that neither of them do is run over there and stomp the shit out of it. <laughs> How is that mm. not their first instinct? Just fucking smash it with your fucking sneaker. Maybe you put it in a jar so you can show it to people. Yeah, I'd rather smash it. <laughs> I mean, it's out in the desert, right? It's probably going to die. How anyway. are you going to show they, it to people, though? There's, that's, that's, the Yerks blew it up anyway. Right. That's that's true. It, it ends up not really mattering, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the Yerks were like, no way, man. I am this whole time kind of picturing, like, just a cartoon horse from Ren and Stimpy picking up this telephone. <laughs> 
it is a little bit stupid. It's too. This it's very. I mean, this isn't even the half of it. This book is gets no. very cartoony. It, it does. I I agree. I, there are some scenes later on that you know you're asking, would you do this in live action and animation or animation? It's like you could not do this in live action. It, like it just no one would believe it. You need an an inherently unbelievable medium, and you would need morph um, anamorphs so that you wouldn't you know, mistreat the horses for the filming. Right. Yes, that's true. Remember, no, nope. you could do them all CG, like an RRR. Right. Well, yeah, but you remember, remember, nope. I do remember. Nope. Okay. I just wanted to check. Yeah. I was thinking about nope a couple times during this. Okay. Uh, and so, and then we learned about zone 91, which is just their area 51. <laughs> Yeah, it's literally just Area 51, but they call it Zone 91. But Area 51... They, they changed the names to disguise the location so you wouldn't know where this was, <laughs> you see. Is that what we're to... Ex- I feel like they have probably already referenced Area 51 by name. Like, is probably. this supposed to be a replacement, or is it just another place? Yeah, I'm not... Did they I, go I'm to New Mexico? Sure. Is that Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that... It depends on where they are in California is the problem. Like, there are parts of California, or are there? No, there definitely aren't. Yeah, I don't, they couldn't have gotten to New Mexico. Yeah, I guess this is just another place. Okay. (laughs) But this was also my, this was my Dark Tower reference, because 91 backwards is 19. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I see what's happening in this book. It all makes sense now. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It's like they, you gotta read it in a mirror. It's like in The Shining. (laughs) <laughs> where you're like oh yeah zone 91 whatever and then you see oh shit now i know 19 okay. enos uh-oh mm. yeah uh-oh oh this kid just wants red rum nothing wrong with that <laughs> funny kid oh no okay <laughs> right yeah so. <laughs> it was a good impression of the movie. That was my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was when Jack said that. Yeah. Or Wendy said that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both say it in two different scenes. Mm-hmm. It's whether it depends on if you're watching the extended cut or not. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, okay. But anyway, so that so all happens. That all happens. So. Uh, yeah, they all meet up to talk about it at the mall food court, which, uh, I don't know if it's really happening yet, but it's going to quickly become another meeting place instead of the barn. They could meet up at the mall food court. Oh yeah. Now that Um, Tobias is a boy. Yeah. Yeah. Tobias is here as a boy at this meetup. Um, they decide that some of them, uh, minus Jake and X, you know, will go check it out, but they don't seem to think it's that serious because nobody really has any idea what this is or why it's important. Like. Did you? Was there even a yerk and a horse? This sounds dumb. What is the point of this? Um, <laughs> even so, they whatever. Like, they decide they're going to go out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they're going to go out, and we also get a scene with Cassie at school where she's wearing the clothes that uh, Rachel made her buy at the mall, and we get reactions to it. So, ton of character moments in this section. A whole lot of good stuff happens in here. Yeah. Just, we're just yeah yeah like what <laughs> well uh you mentioned tobias let's talk about tobias he's back okay. baby he's back and uh he is even more of an antisocial weirdo than he was back when he was originally a human 
Uh, this is the first time we've really gotten to see him as a human. We got him for like one scene in the other books. It's um, true. We find out that he always looks super nervous and out of place. Uh, and he's always like squinting like he's nearsighted because he's not used to bad human vision. Um, and he seems to have largely forgotten how to make facial expressions. So he always looks fierce and serious. There's also the implication, I don't know if they ever explicitly say it in the books, but there's the implication to me that when he looks around, he doesn't do it like a human would, where you just turn your head naturally. He he does that like weird, like super quick darting thing that birds do with their heads. <laughs> this is how I imagine Tobias looking. I would love to yeah, see this kid just act like a bird in human form. That definitely seems good. Uh <laughs> The weird fucking guy now. Yeah, he's a he's a weird guy. You know, I'm still kind of disappointed. There's not more. It's it's disappointing because I feel like after the last book, the thing that I want most is give me more of this. Now that Tobias is a boy, and what's Rachel mm-hmm. think about this? And we don't get any of that in this. I mean, we spend a lot of time with Rachel, yeah. and she, like, there's she doesn't say a word about it to Cassie. There's nothing. Yeah, no, it is. Sad. I mean. Rachel needs to talk about her feelings more, I guess. And it's a while before we get a Rachel book and even longer before we get a Tobias book. Yeah, so that's kind of disappointing because it doesn't... I mean, maybe Axe hangs out with Tobias, so maybe an Axe book will get us a little more, but no one else really... Tobias is kind of the loner. He doesn't really, like, (laughs) hang with people. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and he'd probably rather hang as a hawk with Axe anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Now, I I do want to... There's a good character thing that I also think we need to get to the bottom of, mm-hmm. which is Jake and Marco's disagreement about whether or not cheese tastes yellow. I was going to make sure that if if that didn't come up, I was going to just toss that question out there. You think it tastes yellow? What do you think cheese tastes like color-wise? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if cheese tastes yellow, but I definitely think some things can taste like colors. I think I agree with you on that on that point for sure. I, I mean, some stuff like some stuff just tastes like pink or blue. I'm thinking I'm really thinking right. about like desserts, like a cupcake or something. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, important. I mean, if if anything, cheese has more of like an earthy taste, you know, like earthy tones to it. I think than yellow. Well, Marco says it, it tastes, tastes green. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it tastes. I don't know if green is is in that rotation. <laughs> no, that's a bit weird. Okay, well, anyway, I guess we're kind of on the same page there. That, that's a... Yeah, there's, we're no Marco and Jake. We can't argue about that. <laughs> well, we probably could, <laughs> but we, we will try not to. Uh, I do wonder it. what the dumb driving video game they love is that they also argue about. Ooh, that's a good question. Perhaps it's Gran Turismo. Mr. Gamer, you'll have to tell me what uh, what was popular at this time. Hmm. Perhaps Gran Turismo. Okay, like that movie. Yes, that's like coming like up. like Neil Blomkamp's directorial masterpiece, Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that might not come through in the recording, but on my end, that was synchronized when we said cool. that. Cool. Yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is. Okay, good. I did. <laughs> I do want to go a little bit back to Tobias because uh-huh. this, you know, since this is our first post Tobias boy book, Cassie does explain about why he's a boy now. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a line where she says, confusing? It gets worse <laughs> before she talks <laughs> I about acts. Uh, and I gotta ask, I gotta assume, but I will also ask that going forward, I, I, is this just, are we're going to now get a mini, like now, now she has to mention the Elemist in every book. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how explicitly she does it, but like, this is a problem, right? Like Tobias is a bird, but he can still morph like them even though he's a bird, but sometimes he can be a human too. So it's a, like you, you have to explain that to people if you're expecting yeah. them to step in. It is a bit of an issue. <laughs> this really feels like one thing too many in terms of front loading the <laughs> exposition of these books of the, like you just, you're going to think you've, you've lost your mind starting to read this. If you don't know what they're talking about, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. So that's I, I'm I'm curious to see how they manage to continue that going forward because just the more and more the deeper we get into it, the more stuff there is they have to explain. Yeah, I mean, recall the first book that I read was book four when he was just stuck as a hawk, and the second book I read was book twenty when she had to explain this. So I guess as a kid, I just dealt with it. I was like, sure, yeah, so, somehow he can do that now. Yeah, he I can guess morph again. Kids cool. Just don't care. They're just like. You know, just whatever. They, they're just little sponges. They take it all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he morphs now. Cool. I don't question <laughs> it. I'm a kid. How? What do I know? Yeah. Uh, any other uh, character moments you liked here? Oh, quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> we find out about Marco's internet usage. <laughs> yes. And we find out that uh, he uses the screen name Baldwin Boy 5 to try to pick up chicks online. Yes, because he's pretending to be the mysterious fifth unknown Baldwin brother. <laughs> what uh can we can you name all four Baldwins? I can't. Alec, obviously. Right. B- Billy, I could do that one. There's Billy Baldwin. Is there a S- Steve or something? Steve Baldwin? Danny Baldwin? I don't know if I can I, go beyond I don't know. Billy. I know there's four, and I know Alec. <laughs> That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Oh, well. Pre-30 Rock. Were the Baldwins that big in the... I know Alec Baldwin was always big, but, like, why are the other Baldwins even famous? <laughs> it's hard to say because I was well aware of the Baldwin brothers as a kid, but how much of that was because it was referenced in Animorphs? I don't know. Because, <laughs> I like, it's not like I paid attention to the media they were in. Like, Billy Baldwin, I, I know, has some roles that people like in movies people have seen i don't know why were the other ones in a boy band or something that i don't know about i I don't know what the baldwin story is we gotta we gotta you know research up on our our 90s pop history here we're really yeah letting the listeners down yeah yeah Uh, and what about are we getting into the school scenes as well Oh, yes, certainly. I think we can get into the school scenes. <laughs> Where, yeah, Ra- Rachel continues to make... Well, uh, she's trying to, to support Cassie, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, she's she's very excited that she got Cassie, like, actual nice clothes. And, and so she's like, yeah, this is going to be great. She's all hyped up about it. And, um, uh... So... Yeah, first first we run into two boys, Charles and Jawan, uh, both of whom get Cassie's name wrong. Uh, they seem cool. Then though. we run in. They do seem cool. I like Charles and Jawan. Then we then we run into Joe. <laughs> <laughs> now Joe is a real a real charmer. I think 
I think Joe's going places. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Joe can't forget Cassie's name because he already knows Cassie because they took horse riding lessons together. So Joe says to Cassie, hey, Cassie, something's different about you. And Rachel says, new outfit, maybe? And Joe goes, no, that's not it. Ah, I got, did you gain weight? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been trying to bulk up, he asks. Have you been trying to bulk up? <laughs> Pretty great. Joe's a I, I like Joe. Good kid. I feel like he'd get along with Marco. I think he would, yeah. <laughs> maybe, Mar- maybe Joe is one of Marco's mysterious friends he hangs out with sometimes that aren't animorphs. That could be, yeah. And Jake, of course, uh, also pisses Rachel off because he doesn't even notice. That Cassie's wearing new clothes. Jake just doesn't care. He sees her beauty on the inside. That's right. He's that's right. He's such a prince, this guy. What a white knight mm-hmm. Jake is. Yeah, that's right. Cassie has a whole thing about that. She's like, I don't give a shit about clothes, and I don't give a shit about people who care about clothes. I'm with Cassie on this. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I liked when she said, now I owned outfits. Not just clothing, mind you. Outfits. <laughs> Pretty wild. Pretty wild stuff for Cassie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's living living crazy like. Now Marco, I don't know if you want to talk about Marco's reaction to Cassie wearing new clothes. Well, well, his his reaction is a bit forced, a bit false. Is that is that so? How so? Well, Rachel, it turns out, has paid Marco a small sum in exchange <laughs> for his telling Cassie how amazing she looks. And Mm -hmm. let's just say he lays it on a little thick. (laughs) Who is this vision of loveliness? Who is this fantasy come true? Excuse me, but are you Tyra Banks? No, no, you can't be any mortal, girl. So much perfection could never be achieved by a mere human. You're an angel descended from heaven. I mean, they say clothes make the man, but these clothes make you an angel. Are you done? <laughs> and then what does he say? Cassie says, are you done? Yeah, yeah, that should be about I... enough. What did Rachel pay you? Two bucks. Girls are such idiots sometimes. I'd have done it for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. You know what? I want to figure out... Um, what was the the value of a dollar in 1997? Oh, it was about 189. So, mm. so that's that's he's really getting paid double what we think. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's making the big bucks here. Yeah, that was like four dollars he got. Hey, that's right. not nothing. Marcus having a good time here. Yeah, he is. He honestly, the the most unbelievable thing about this is that Rachel would trust Marco to do this. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't exactly make, but I guess she just thought. Well, Jake already let her down. She's like, "Fuck." Yeah, she only knows three other boys, and one of them is an alien. The other one's a bird. So that's all she's. She doesn't got. want Tobias complimenting Cassie. She gets jealous. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Yeah, yeah. that would be messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a little note about Jake here on Cyropedia as well, if you'd like me to read this. I guess now you have to. Yeah, it says, uh, it says, mm, Jake mentions that his father's birthday is the following night. Uh, 
However, uh, in the capture, Jake says that his father's birthday was in two months. <laughs> Based on the timeline provided by the books in between, more than two months have transpired between the events of the capture and the unknown. <laughs> So now we know that the books have, they fucked up fuck big time Fuck you, here. you fucking nerds. Go fuck yourself. Losers. Seropedia editors, fuck off. Yeah, that's right. We don't need you for this podcast. I'm only using you to make fun of you at this point. Pieces of shit. I, I dare one of you to contact us and defend yourself. <laughs> fucking shameful that's yeah. it's true it is okay now all right we what we're gonna start getting into the plot here yes this honestly this is the most interesting part. i will I, I you know sometimes i can't help myself we comment on our our behind the scenes process for these things and mm-hmm. i I I mean, I'll have things to say, but I did not take many notes for the rest of this book. <laughs> I mean, I have notes, but I feel like compared to a normal book, I, I, let me put it this way. This also maybe is um, a bit abnormal for this book in particular, but uh, my notes on jotting down all the pop culture references are maybe at least a third longer than my actual written notes about my thoughts on the book. Uh, this uh, we're going to get there. This book has, it's certainly a new record for a Cassie book on pop culture. There references. might be a 20 it's, minute pop culture section at the end of this. <laughs> it's, it's fucking crazy. It's gotta be a record for non Marco books for sure. They if just nothing else. jammed so many references they in there. Really do. <laughs> But I it's mean, it's a fun book. You, you'll say what happens next, and yeah, we'll we'll get into it. But. Yeah, yeah. They fly out to Zone Ninety One. Uh, they see some wild. <laughs> Sorry, it's just that that I, I feel like that's like a full two chapters. Yeah, is that is I what think you just it is said. like a chapter or two. Is what I just said. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about how cool flying is, and thermals, and geese, and blah blah blah. It's, but we've seen all this before. Yeah, can right? I just? I mean, I, I'm already interrupting you, but. Just no, that's fine. <laughs> particularly that section, the reason I have not much to say. And then later again, when they turn into seagulls, mm-hmm. some of these sections, I feel like I, they literally might have just copied and pasted from another book. Like, it's so been there, done that. I have read these people talking about the ospreys and how it feels like falling and a beak comes out of your face and how amazing flying is and thermals. <laughs> it's really, it feels very redundant at this point, but. Yeah, I mean, th- this is this is why everyone remembers these things about Animorphs, because, you know, that this is when you're the little kid, you you read it a million times. But that like, it's kind of OK, because you're like thermals again, again, thermals. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. Yeah. The thermals are the least of the offenders here. Like that's, I'm not I, yeah. I'm not necessarily yeah. mad about thermals. Yeah. Body horror again. <laughs> The bo- it is weird how the body horror is kind of old hat at this point. <laughs> well, it's not like, quite as, um, I mean, there are, you know, she still talks about like the bone grinding and stuff. But... Yeah. But you just know at this point about that. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Birds aren't the worst offenders of that. No. You know, they're not bugs. But they uh, they see some wild horses sauntering about whatever. they, they And they mm-hmm. land in the restricted zone to demorph. 
Uh, so they're they're out at Zone 91, they've landed, they've demorphed. Um, however, they are pretty much immediately caught by some military guys and brought into the, the facility. Uh, there's a guy, Captain Torelli, not Toretto, like the Fast Series, Torelli. Uh, and... <laughs> I, I was going to ask if he has a mandolin. Hmm. <laughs> Right. Uh, but he normally he would just send him back because they're obviously just idiot kids fucking around. Um, but he's wondering what's up because they're miles out in the drylands with no vehicles and no shoes and what's going on with them. So he asks them to write down their names and phone numbers. There is a dumb joke where Marco and Rachel say they're Mulder and Scully and Cassie says she's Cindy Crawford. <laughs> uh, they give him fake numbers. Notably, Cassie writes down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Um, this is a very dumb scene. Uh, also in this section, though, Cassie notices a sign-up sheet for an event at the gardens on the wall. That's going to be important later, sort of. So as Captain Torelli leaves to go check their stories, because somehow this isn't obviously bullshit to him, uh, they morph into Roach to get out. There's, you know, a big exciting sequence where Tobias is, like, trying to carry them to safety. He drops Cassie, and she gets run over by a tank, but she's okay because she's a Roach, blah, blah, blah. Um, so as they're regrouping outside the compound and getting ready to morph to birds and leave, they spot some horses acting weirdly. Um, they're all being regular horsey, uh, but then, you know, one starts pooping as horses do. There's a lot of horse poop in this book (laughs) and all the other horses start like whinnying at her like they're laughing. So she stops and goes and runs behind a tree to finish. So they have confirmed that something is in fact up with the horses. So... That's good. Success, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this book is gross. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, another little flash of Kay Applegate's career as the author of the Vomit Club books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never remember what they're actually called, but it's something. Uh, we also, I guess this confirms that Yerks also have a sense of privacy to them yeah or like they picked it up from their other hosts it's kind of weird i guess it makes I sense know. i mean i guess well i don't know i i don't know is that see as far as we know on earth that's really just humans but yeah maybe, but i guess hork and andalites are like that too i guess it just comes with a certain level of intelligence you develop shame <laughs> as well yeah right shame is natural and normal and you should feel Ashamed of your body and its functions. I right, I get it. Absolutely concur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, the yes, this scene is dumb. I did, it is a little bit. It was kind of cool at first to be like, "Oh shit, they're being taken in by actual military workers on a secret base." I guess I'm saying military. I don't really know if military, government. I don't know what we're classifying these people I mean- as. Presumably they are military in some sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have military stuff, but... uh, Air Force or whatever. Right, right, right. They do say Air Force a couple times. Um, So that's like, you know, that's exciting and dangerous and potentially high stakes. And yeah, the scene is very dumb. However, I will admit I did think the phone number joke was actually really funny. (laughs) Now, yeah, look, that scene is also, everyone remembers that Cassie, and I mean, not everyone, it's not as iconic as Nine Inch Nails, but people do remember (laughs) one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, the phone number. (laughs) Okay, from eight numbers. (laughs) 
it is, it's pretty funny. I was going to say maybe that feels more like maybe that should have been Marco, but Marco's not like the dumb guy. No. It, it makes more sense, I guess, that Cassie is just nervous. No, Marco gave him like some sports scoreboard number or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's, it is interesting that the other two give him actual fake numbers instead of just making up a number. <laughs> like, Yeah, I don't know. That seems like you might buy a little more time than if they just pick up the phone and go Pizza Hut. Like you immediately know this is the wrong thing. Yeah, you got to do the thing where you write real bad so, like, you have a bunch of ones and sevens and you can't quite tell which is which and that sort of thing. This is also pre-cell phone, of course, or at least pre-smart. Yeah, it's pre. They don't have cell phones, these kids. So they, they, Rachel has memorized the number for Pizza Hut. Mm -hmm. I wonder if she, uh, maybe, maybe Rachel gives it out to, uh, boys when they ask for her number. She. And so she she like actively wants a number that leads him somewhere just to kind of stick it to him. That I that makes sense because I I don't feel like Rachel's eating pizza that often. She's uh you know she's no she she does she does actually. It's come up in the books before that her mom is always busy and doesn't cook and is always like we're ordering mm. pizza again. Rachel, can you call the pizza place? Oh, okay. so she might also just know it. Okay, yeah, I guess I was just you know I'm I'm imagining she's just like a salad type, you know. But I guess I guess when you're a kid. Your metabolism doesn't matter what you eat sometimes. Yeah. It's definitely come up before also that Rachel likes to present oh, yeah, as a when, salad type, but she likes her burgers and pizza. Yeah, when she was in the, the hotel, the room service, she did get burgers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I do really question why there are not cameras in this room. <laughs> yeah. Security yeah. cameras. I mean... Maybe he didn't take him to. It is still weird, right? Because like, maybe they didn't. I it's mean, I, I don't imagine base. this is an. In, <laughs> yeah, I don't imagine this is an interrogation room. This is just like he brought him to his office. That's but how yes, I'm imagining it. It's a it. secret base. You would still think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or they, or you know, they don't know. I would assume that there were hidden cameras, but I guess the yeah, nineties. Yeah. Maybe they didn't. Maybe that wasn't a thing they were doing back then. But yeah, who knows? Lucky them. They get they to should morph. have been. Yeah. <laughs> lucky them that there weren't any. And, and ones thank there. God for Cassie by, for being here, for also being the voice of reason for telling Rachel, let's not morph into something big and <laughs> just kill everybody. Yeah. We have yeah. small <laughs> morphs, Rachel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rachel's over here like I could turn into an elephant and stomp them all to death. <laughs> no. Bad. Bad. Sit down, mm -hmm. Rachel. Become a roach. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's also, though, trying to rein Marco in, which isn't uh, the best either, because Marco's over here antagonizing the guy, like, where do you keep the aliens, huh? <laughs> um, and, and afterwards, he says, they're like, why couldn't you just be normal and keep your mouth shut? And Marco is like, listen... They they weren't gonna let us go anyway without calling our parents. We had to get out of there. like if if we acted like normal kids, uh, then they're gonna be like, what is going on with those kids? But if we act like a bunch of weirdo crazies, they'll be like, yeah, I've seen that type before, and they'll forget about us. Come on, man, Marco's smart. He's you know? smart, which Cassie remarks upon several times in this book about how smart he is. Yeah, Just, oh yeah, he's a smart guy. She says something about him being. Like an extra awake type or something. 
<laughs> yeah, she does, doesn't Which she? Feels like it's they didn't have the word for woke yet. <laughs> but I'm not... yeah, but that means something else. It, it fe- <laughs> that's the sort of thing that you do say when you're talking about like extra dimensional vibration things. Like I'm awake. I know how the world really works. He's like Neo. He's outside the Matrix. Mm. That's Marco. <laughs> yeah. That's our Marco. Yeah. Uh, now, there's a couple of unimportant things in here that I did want oh, to remark Oh, the other on. things we were talking about were important? <laughs> oh, they were uh, more important than what I'm about to say. Okay. <laughs> uh, there is a part in this book. So, you, you, you know when they do sound effects, <laughs> and it's in all caps, and there's crazy, like, you know, cries or tears or whatever, that sort of thing. Yeah. So there, when you're reading the book, you can see these. Whether you're trying to or not, you flip to a page, you see these big, huge words on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know something crazy is going to go down. So there's a part here where a warm breeze comes past the rocks. And this is written in all caps as sounding like, Wee! 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 <laughs> So, of course, you flip to this page and you think, oh, shit, did they trigger an alarm? No, a warm breeze wafted past. That's what happened. She needs to control herself when she's writing these books, I feel. This is not an appropriate use of all caps sound effects. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. This I do think this book also sets a record, I think, for the most sound effects written out. It's possible. There's, I haven't. I mean, up, up to this track, point, but... there there are some segments later on that <laughs> it's a lot. It's like every other sentence. <laughs> yeah, well, get get used to it because that there will be a lot going forward as well. Uh, yeah, she can't help herself. Are those would those be onomatopoeias? Is that what that is? That that is what they would be. Cool. Yeah, that's Great. what that word means. Residuals. <laughs> Those are residuals. Residual onomatopoeia. That's what she gets from her from her books years later. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. Right. And now, in this section, I also stumbled across the word a transom, which I did not know what this word meant. I don't remember. <laughs> did that. not expect. Did not expect to be learning new words from anamorphs in my thirties. We learned here we are. one a while ago too. Oh, I forget what it was. Yeah, but I forgot it, so it, uh, I didn't learn that one. <laughs> okay, so this one we're going to learn. <laughs> this one we're going to learn. A transom is a strengthening crossbar, in particular one set above a window or door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you've ever seen those, like, doors, and they've got, like, the little arch on the top that's decorative, but then there's a big beam, that's a transom. They crawled on one as roaches. Cool. I'm going to forget this word, too. Yeah, that's not a very useful word. <laughs> it's surprising that she felt the need to put that in a kid's book where nobody's going to know what or need to know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. So are we did we get to are they escaping? Did they escape? How far? Yeah, they escaped at this point. Okay, and <clears throat> unless you No, I just and they're they they because they're roaches and they run into a column of uh Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> that was all. That was, that was all that was. I also I did like when Axe is talking about horses. I'm surprised there wasn't more Axe horse business in this book because 
I just feel like that's yeah. a perfect opportunity for him to be like, what's wrong with your Andalites? They don't have torsos or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Their heads are all weird. Oh, that, that, that could be pretty good. He does say he does call them yeah. more sensible creatures. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and he's, when he's saying it out loud, he goes, horses, whore, 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 says, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then he stops and Marco says, and is there more to that comment? X? <laughs> is, that, is that all you got? <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> Horses is a very funny word. Oh, uh, it makes me laugh every time. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about horse fucking yet. We haven't. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have that much prepared about horse fucking. <laughs> I just think longtime listeners might be disappointed after the dolphin episode. If we get through a whole yeah. horse episode without talking about fucking. That's them. true. Well, I just didn't have enough time on my uh, hands to talk about horse fucking. Uh, time on my hand. You emphasized hands. You know, that like, oh, you know. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Now, the listeners know what I'm talking about. That, if you know, you know. <laughs> Cassie does. Cassie <laughs> does turn into a male horse, but she never comments on its genitalia. No, she doesn't. Which I, I think is weird. To learn about the horse cock. Yeah, you would think. Come on. Right. I mean, I she is a horse girl. Literally. Right. She owns horses. <laughs> yes, in every conceivable way. <laughs> right. I mean, and there's, I mean, you know why horse girls exist, right? We all know. <laughs> we all know. It's like when a girl has a big dog. <laughs> we know. Don't think you can hide it from us. Oh, Spam Viking is going to be quit after this episode. <laughs> no more positive <laughs> feedback for us. <laughs> God damn it, you two. <laughs> the next subject line <laughs> redacted <laughs> negative feedback <laughs> uh all right well it's my fault i'm glad you got yeah glad you brought that up i'm glad we're i brought it up yeah um i told you i look we got i gotta vamp a little yeah. bit because i don't just so much of this section was just morphing <laughs> It's <laughs> just like, mm. oh, yeah, okay. Well, let's let's get to the racetrack. This is, this is, yes, this is the, I don't know if you could argue it's the most exciting or the least important part of the book. <laughs> or, yeah. I, I don't know what you want to, where you want to place it. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I'll just tell you what happens. Uh, you know, they're, they're back home. They are all speculating about what the Yerks could want in zone 91. You know, Marco's super into it. Um, and they decide to go out to the racetrack to acquire some horses to spy on the Yerks with, because they don't want to all be the same Cassie's horse. Uh, they fly out to the racetrack as seagulls. As you said earlier, this is a long period of time, but we don't need to talk about it. I just, there is, there is one line I highlighted where someone literally says during the seagull scene, didn't we have this discussion before? (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) yeah, you did. Okay. You sure did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they get there uh, at the, to the racetrack. They demorph in a stall where they are immediately stumbled upon by some guys who work there. Um, they have to have some dumb, jokey conversations with like, oh, no, we're just some kids here with our, uh, you know, blue horse. Don't look too close at our blue horse over here. We just like blue horses is all. Uh, <laughs> and as the guys get... As the guys get a little too suspicious, Axe uh, uses his tail to cut some support beams and drop part of the ceiling on them, uh, and, they, and they all run for it. 
Um, they probably Cassie survive. Is, yeah, I'm sure they're fine, right? Cassie is almost captured, but she sneaks into a horse's stall and acquires him so she can morph him to hide. Um, it turns out this horse is Minneapolis Max, who is expected to go on to be the winner of the next Kentucky Derby. Uh, she tries to sneak out as a horse, but the jockey finds her and takes her to the track to race, and she competes in the race as Minneapolis Max, and she wins! Yay! Wow. Um, she also talks to the jockey, like, a couple times while she's racing. And the jockey's like, oh, I got a talking horse. <laughs> um, <laughs> with thought speech, of course. With thought speech, yes. Um... So this, I mean, to be honest, this actually feels like one of those opening scenes, right, of a book. Like, this does not mm. feel like a serious mid-book scene. This feels no. like the one-chapter thing they do at the beginning where they take a bunch of risks and do a bunch of stupid shit that they shouldn't. And it's a joke, but it's your little intro joke. But it's right here in the middle, and it's actually quite a long stretch that I've just described here. Or it feels like... Cassie would be doing something and then Marco and them would come back and be like, oh yeah, we were at the racetrack. It was crazy. Like you wouldn't really see this scene. Uh, mm. Like it, it doesn't feel like you need to <laughs> see this scene, but they want to have Cassie win the race. Yeah. I mean, so the idea of Cassie being a horse in the race, that, that is neat. <laughs> that is, I would call it, mildly amusing <laughs> it's not it's not boring uh but it's not thrilling either it's it's just a little chuckle that's a cute idea <laughs> and that's mm. that's about as far as i go the book does kind of feel like it was built around like three cute ideas she had right like oh what if you what if they were a, a racehorse in a race that could be cool because it's from the horse's perspective and Aliens, they got aliens at Area 51. What if I wrote that into a story? And then there's a final set piece at the end of this that's also crazy. And it feels, it does kind of feel like she had those ideas and just kind of made a story where she got to do all of them. Yeah, and I, I mean, the the amount they have to go through to get her into the race, it's, I, for, so first of all, I don't really understand. I, I don't believe this is explicit in the book that they go there because they don't want Cassie's horse they don't even mention another cassie does say they they can't all be the same horse at one point i felt like it was before this maybe she says that then i I missed it but but also i if i i guess i guess i missed that but i feel like when she turns into a horse it's not like she acts like this is the first time she's become a horse yeah, it's weird. Like, first she says, well, it wasn't that different because I've been a horse before. And then she says, oh, but this time it's a race horse. And then she starts getting weirded out by normal horse things like where her eyes are. Right. Right. That's not different on a race horse. Yeah, that, which it's very weird because normally they're very, in that regard, they're very, they keep with the continuity. They frequently refer to past morphs they have and stuff, but. I don't know. I was confused. I was like, are they pretending she didn't have one? I, I didn't. It was it was strange to me. I, why didn't she just be the other? Why, why did she need to get a? Well, she just got a new one kind of by accident. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't yeah, know. no, because she could have kept her old one. She like that one. That's fine. If one of the horses is, is hers, it, may, it does make me more and more wonder, is this like, did her publisher say you're doing a book about animals? You gotta make a horse girl book, yeah, right? And she's got to get it. She can't just have her horse. It's got to be like 
the the wild golden mane stallion <laughs> who's like difficult to control and aggressive and he wins a race. But then it still feels like a, a little, if that's the case, like a little bit of a fuck you from Kay Applegate. Cause it's not like they're not spending time with a pretty horse that they get to brush or anything. It's, it's no, it's just a bunch of weird, gross shit that happens. <laughs> <laughs> like if it was Rachel being a horse, you know, then it'd be some real pretty horse probably, or Marco, he would have a beautiful horse. Yeah, Marco would get a beautiful horse for sure. I actually think Rachel would probably them all. (laughs) Rachel would get some horse that's like way too buff and got scars all over it or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Uh, Also, I was trying to think: is this the first time one of them has had two morphs of the same species? Uh, unless somebody has done like multiple humans. Has Axe done another human besides his regular human morph? Yeah, he's been Jake. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Axe has done multiple humans, but if you don't count that, I think you're mm. right. Because I was trying to think, is it any? Is it more of a challenge to have to decide exactly which horse you want to be? <laughs> like, do you have to remember the details about them or something? Hmm. I don't know. You know, I gotta say also, Cassie's morphing in this book doesn't feel particularly... Uh, fancy or special yeah. com- compared to before. They don't. They don't talk about her being good at it in any real way. Yeah, usually she's like, "I'm trying to be modest, but I am better." <laughs> <laughs> this would have been the opportunity for the horse book to talk. A, you could have spent a lot of time talking about her as like a beautiful horse person. I would have got the the demographic there. Yeah, a bit strange. There are some funny moments in this scene. Even Again, it is stupid, but Marco says he feeds the horses horse food. Yeah. Uh, this guy says, never seen kids wearing feathers on their faces, and I've seen a lot of things in my time, which is a weird thing to say. <laughs> Jake also says, someday all horses will be blue. <laughs> Doesn't even mean anything. Yeah, right. This I mean this is also the part where Axe asks, is wood tasty? Is it good to eat? <laughs> yeah, there's uh they they're just in a silly mood in this scene. Yeah. This whole book is kind of a silly mood. Um they you know and it's it is worth noting this is we're pretty far into the book at this point and we really haven't gotten much plot yet. All we know is th- there's yurks in horses or something. They're acting weird. We got to find out. We're still just kind of dicking around with getting horses. Yeah. To go out th- it's mostly just an excuse to make dumb jokes, this book. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like that. Also, the so the, they start they're, during this running away. The thing that sets Cassie off is that someone th- thinks she's a guy. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. This feels a little out of character to me. That does feel out of character. Cassie doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Like she, she's really, that's her like calling McFly chicken moment. She's like, I think I'm a guy. And then she just kicks his hand. It's not even a big deal <laughs> really, but yeah, a little strange. It is a little strange. I don't, that just doesn't. She also says, well, if she morph- gave a shit. Yeah. Yeah. While morphing, there's a part where she says, my quote, my butt grew huge. I had mega butt. <laughs> I remember mega butt. One word. 
Yeah, that's the, pro- the proper word for it. That's you know that uh, that um, Nicki Minaj song, Mega Butt. <laughs> and and she's also. Am I? Are horses really that dumb? Cassie keeps talking about how stupid horses are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that they're that smart, but I don't know that they're dumb exactly either. I'm I'm not a horse guy. I don't know. I would but. think they're like on average compared to a lot of mammals, relatively smart. I mean, they can you can train them, they understand commands and stuff. Like yeah, they are herd animals. Yeah, they're not they're not I would think in terms of common animals in North America, they're like probably in the top 30. <laughs> probably. I I don't know. I did uh I did date a girl with a horse back in high school and she did think that her horse was very dumb. <laughs> Maybe that's just a horse thing. If you own horses, you're like these fucking stupid animals. Fuck them. God damn it. Why are you so dumb? Is it a male horse? Uh, it was, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> know yeah, why that I mean, relationship ended. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. There's, you just can't compete sometimes. You can't compete. I get it. I get it. That's why you stay away. No, no, no. You say nay, nay, nay. <laughs> nay, nay, nay. <laughs> oh, Christ. What is this? What are we talking about? What's this book about? <laughs> I think it's about horse cop, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the main thing. Did we talk about Mark? Did we get to Marco and his idea yet? Oh yeah, Marco's idea about um about if they all morphed horses, they could uh, they could you know use their human ingenuity to figure out if they could win and then bet on on themselves. Yeah, which I think is a. They're like, no, no, that's unethical. I don't think it is. You're not. You're not like fixing the race. You're just. You're a horse. It's you're just a little smarter yeah. than the other horses. Yeah, you just know better is all. They should totally do this plan. <laughs> I think this is great. <laughs> hey, he's a smart guy. What can what can you say? Yeah, it is funny because um it, it is a little bit weird to have betting on the horses be such a big part of this kid's book, right? Mm. And there's even a bit here where where Rachel's like, oh, yeah, my dad took me out to the horse track and let me bet on the horses before. He yeah. thinks that's a fun father-daughter activity. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess betting wasn't quite as uh, stigmatized. For... <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah. know. Uh, Who knows? I, I do. I mean, I am now going to write a screenplay about a movie where a guy – has an intelligent horse <laughs> that he uses to win races mm, yeah. or like another, like his best friend gets turned into a horse by a wizard. <laughs> this is the gritty Mr. Ed reboot <laughs> where the guy, yeah, uses him as the inside man to fix horse races. Cause it's not like the horse is, has magic. Pa- it's just a, it's just a horse yeah. that's sentient and it can talk. It just knows. Yeah. I, yeah. I see nothing illegal about this. There's no rule in the books that says your horse must not be a human in horse form. Yeah. No rule in the book says the horse can't be a human. <laughs> Let Marco have his fun. It's like air bud. Yeah, that was, I, I got it. I didn't need to spell it out for me. <laughs> I want the viewers to know what we meant. Okay. Um, and we didn't even, by the way, get into, we still have not really discussed the ramifications of Cassie speaking telepathically to a normal human as a horse. Yeah, and the, the, that's because the book doesn't consider it. 
You know, it, it, it's very similar to Rachel telling Mr. Joseph something that she's from the International <laughs> Elephant Police. Like, this is a silly scene. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't even, they don't follow up on it at all. This, yeah. this guy just thinks his horse talked to him and he's just, that's it. He got a talking horse. What can what can you he, do? And he he seems to accept it like pretty quickly too. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's talking to her the whole time. And I guess now he's does, like, "Don't quit on me now, talking horse." But does he hear like what sounds like a thirteen-year-old girl's voice? I, yes, that might be confusing. <laughs> he must right. <laughs> That's not how I expected Minneapolis Max to sound. Well, maybe that's just kind of like a generic. That's like what a cartoon horse would sound like. Like, hey, I'm a I'm a horse. I'm a talking horse. <laughs> that is what what uh, twelve. I guess the we are they said 14 we were gonna now? shift ages. Yeah, we can shift ages. I guess it's approximately a year per season. So you probably aren't exactly accurate by saying they're fourteen now. But I think we weren't exactly accurate by saying there were thirteen before either. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good to know the passage of time occurs. Yeah, we'll just keep that in mind if we have to reference their age. Eventually we'll be saying 16, and that like will actually be a huge difference in maturity level. Right. Now, I don't know, I don't remember exactly if this was coming in the next part or if it was around here, but I have a note right around here where I just wrote, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Might have just it's been a stupid book. this whole scene. <laughs> Was, did you just scroll that over the entire book? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just there. And uh, But I also did, I had so much more, so many more thoughts I feel about this very stupid scene than the rest of this book. <laughs> uh, but there's, oh no, you know what I think the, I think that this is stupid. This is the thing. I think that's actually a bit later. Yeah, I mm. think that's coming up that this is stupid. But I just had, there's just so much of the just, transitioning from place to place in this book. Mm -hmm. That's just to me is not very meaty, but yeah. And, and a lot of the things that do happen aren't that important either. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but I don't know, lay it out. Maybe there's things you'll have to say about it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, during all that craziness, everybody managed to get their horse morphs and such. So they all fly back out to zone 91. Uh, this time they can morph horses they find the weird yerk horses they saw walking along towards Zone 91, and there's some wild horses tagging along with them, so they join up, pretending to be wild horses, and they all, you know, waltz into the zone. Uh, as they're going, uh, they hear the horses speak in Gallard, if we all oh, remember man. Gallard. Which, was that introduced so those... only in the Andalite Chronicles? Or have they mentioned that uh, outside of it? I don't remember if it was introduced before the Andalite Chronicles it, or not. Maybe it came up in Axe's book. I think it didn't. I think I brought up Gallard when some Geds were speaking it. Yeah. we didn't. But, I know we didn't really but, talk about it, I don't think, until that episode, so it seems like it yeah. came from there. Yeah. Well, the horses are speaking in Gallard. They are, in fact, actual talking horses. <laughs> And uh, Axe Axe translates. They say something like, you know, we just have to do this one thing and then we'll be out of these stupid bodies and back on the ship where we belong or something like this. Uh, So they get into the the base and as a door to the compound opens, the Yurk horses just fucking bolt into it, right? Like apparently they've been being stealthy for a long time. It hasn't been working. They've had it and they're just going to Leroy Jenkins it. They're going to run into the building at Zone 91 and see what's going on in there. 
So there's a big chaotic scene where the horses bust in and they cause a ruckus and they get there and they see the thing, the thing at zone 91 that's being guarded. Uh, and they have no fucking clue what it is. So they turn and leave to go home. <laughs> it's it's a wild scene because like in the in the midst of all this chaos and after all this chaos, they're just like, get those horses out of here. You horses about face. And then the horses just leave. They're like, fuck it. We're done. <laughs> There's a lot of Yorks just saying fuck it in this section. <laughs> they're not having it either. Imagine like an illustration of this scene <laughs> and you had to explain it to someone. God, can I can't wait for you think um what's his name? Chris Chris Grine, I wanna say. The guy who's illustrating the uh the Animorphs books. You think he's gonna mm. get to book fourteen? <laughs> what are they on now? Five or six or something? Uh three have come out, but he has been commissioned through six. Four is coming out later this year. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope so. Later <laughs> this year, those are too far. We haven't really talked about the comics and we're not gonna yet. Maybe we mm. will, but but uh, th- those are too far apart. Am I wrong? That's that's too far apart. They should be coming out monthly. Yeah, you're right. He should be illustrating <laughs> all of these monthly. There's too many books. You got to get through them. It's crazy how she got through it. But um, no, I I don't think because like, originally he wasn't even supposed to be commissioned for this many books. Like they didn't know it was going to go on this long. So. Like, it was kind of a surprise that, hey, he's got three more. It's going to keep going. So, mm. Mm. well, we'll see. We'll get, we'll get I to hope that to another see all of them. time. We will. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is stupid. <laughs> it sure is stupid. I, all those guys who wanted to uh, Naruto run into Area 51 a couple of years ago, they should have tried horse running instead, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, that could be good. I feel like modern day, you might throw some people off just charging in on horseback. Mm, yeah. I did, right. It, this is what people on Reddit were theorizing. About. Uh, yeah. Now, some of this um, uh, Gallard talk is, mm-hmm. I, I like the way, uh, we, I don't think we really heard Gallard in the other book. Yeah, maybe like one or two Ged words or something, but not much. But now we know it sounds like Holak Femul Falanta Gehel, call is Philos. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds Y'all like Greek. <laughs> Femul Chal Kilim Fulet. Yeah, it is distinct from Hork-Bajir. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I like that Cassie asks, why wouldn't Yerks be speaking Yerk or whatever? <laughs> and Axe is like, I don't know. <laughs> like even, even the characters in these books don't understand the, how the languages work. <laughs> now, they do say that the horses might have speech synthesizers. Right, right, right. So maybe Horks can't, na- or Horks. Horses can't naturally speak. <laughs> but why don't Texans have this? Why do they always go three hour or whatever? Why don't they? Their get bodies a are too shitty to <laughs> make a synthesizer work or something. It accidentally rips a hole in them, and then the other Texans eat them. I mean, we don't know what a synthesizer is. Is it like? Is it a babble fish? Is it like a a a, a piece of equipment you strap to their throat? I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> No fucking clue. It's not an Andalite thing because they can talk without them. So it must just be some other thing floating around the galactic markets. Apparently. Apparently. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the military guy who yells, help, I'm allergic to horses in this scene. <laughs> I, I didn't remember that. That's funny. <laughs> it's a bit of a stupid scene. That is pretty funny. We do see the thing, 
right? Mm-hmm. We do see the thing. It's an eight foot in diameter cube with symbols mm-hmm. painted on it and an opening to get inside. Yes. But we and we will find out what that is. Yes. Uh, it's a lovely green in color with soft lighting and some some sort of instrumentation on one wall. Kind of sounds Japanese in a way. A little bit. A little bit. You know what that means. I sure do. <laughs> uh so they shadow the horses, right? The the horses slink off from the compound and the animorphs shadow them and Visser 3 shows up to interrogate the horses. Um, and they tell them they, yeah, they got in. Yeah, they saw the thing, but they don't know what it is. And Visser 3 beheads the horse who told him that, which is, who is named Jile 926. Um, <laughs> yeah. he's screaming, screaming about them all being fools. He says, and look, now we've lost poor Jile 926 over it. Can you believe how bad you all fucked up? Um, but he says, we have a backup plan. We're going to infest some guards who work there and, uh, get them at that upcoming trip to the gardens. Um, he notices that there's extra horses and says, just kill them. Why are, why are we letting wild horses run around? They're Andalites, maybe. They could be, so kill them. Um, so there's a bit of, like, a scuffle and a chase scene, but the Animorphs get away because some of the military guys come out to look at what's up with the horses, and the hork have to retreat. Um, and as they're leaving, Axe reveals the punchline, uh, which is that the thing they saw was an old Andalite toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what's at area f- uh, zone fifty one or ninety one. It's a andalite toilet, and I um, believe that is when I wrote down this is stupid. <laughs> yeah. Now you asked uh, last in the andalite chronicles, what's I up did. with andalite toilets? And I said that it would be answered. Now I bet you weren't <laughs> expecting it to be answered next book. <laughs> no, I mean I don't. I mean we we know what it looks like kind of we don't still really learn how it works. Yeah, I mean this is also an older model. They they used to uh they would shoot these out of the ship uh toward a sun where they'd burn up. Uh they they're more advanced nowadays. But like so it was like a one use. <laughs> no, no, like when it's full, like a septic Ugh. tank or something. This is disgusting. I'm also not all Andalites eat is grass through their hooves. What do they even expel? I don't want to think about this. It's horrifying. Yeah, don't. I'm gonna ask answer these questions if you ask them. This is not a good well, path to go down. I have a question that I really don't want to ask. Okay. <laughs> uh huh. But I I I have to ask it. Oh, please. At one point. Around this scene, in order in an in an attempt to convince Visser Three that they are wild horses, mm-hmm. Cassie relieves herself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, am I to presume that since she turned into a horse, then she ate something? That would allow her to do this because presumably when you morph into an animal, there's nothing in your stomach. You're a fresh morph. The DNA doesn't carry over anything you ate. Yeah. Yeah. So she was chewing on some hay. I guess. I guess she ate. I guess she ate enough to, to shit it out. I don't know. They haven't. They haven't even. They can't have been in morph for two hours. Horses just come with poop. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay. That's just how it is. All right. Okay. Um, but yeah, Cassie goes home. She gets uh, lectured and kind of embarrassed by her parents. It's a good scene. Uh, and she feels like this whole thing was a waste of time. And she realizes, oh, wait a second. Like, that thing is proof that aliens really exist, which the Yerks don't want around. So I guess this is still important, and we still got to be involved, and the book's got to keep going. <laughs> Just when I so, thought I was out. So when you thought you are out. Now, I like this scene with Cassie's parents. Um because they're lecturing her, but they start doing embarrassing, you know, the talk things like, oh, you know, I know how it is with you young girls going out there with Jake. You know, we might have to have a birds and the bees discussion. And Cassie's like, no, no, I promise I won't go out again. Um, and she overhears them later in their room being like, see, that's I told you, you know, I, I know what she's at. And this is the way you got because we can't make her do more chores in the barn. She's a nerd who likes chores. Right. So we'll just, uh, you know, maybe next time we'll uh, we'll tell her that, oh, we might have to have a talk with Jake's family to set down rules about the relationship. <laughs> they think it's hilarious. <laughs> They're having a good time. They're having a great time. They're a lot of fun, those parents. Yeah, Cassie's parents are great. They also uh, mentioned that if they should take her to see Father Banyan. Did you you, you pick up on this? (laughs) I saw that line. I just was like, oh, I guess they're religious. I didn't, you don't don't get Mm. that many religious references in these books. Yeah, that's true. Did they have a thing where they said Gracie or Jake's family said Gracie, right? I'm pretty sure, I think, I thought maybe that was Cassie's family. Mm. And I feel I'm sure I did comment on it when it happened. Yeah, I guess they're religious. And father, does that mean they're Catholic or am I messing up my you, you can tell you're what asking a good, the wrong a good Christian boy I am. <laughs> yeah, I believe that's Catholic. Yeah, maybe, maybe Protestants have fathers. too. I don't think they do. Yeah, no, I don't think Protestants have fathers. Listen, I'm a heathen. I'm a heathen and you're a Jew. Our Christian listeners our oppressed minority Christian listeners will have to write in and, and tell us what's what. Yeah, and I'm going to have to bleep when you said Jew. It was a little too aggressive. <laughs> You're right. I didn't like it. Uh, okay. Well, you know, it's that's your right. So let's let's get to the end of this book. Okay. Okay. Let's get to the end. Uh, so they head out to the gardens. A lot of stuff's about to happen. Because I'm just going to go go all the way to the end of the book from here. Uh-huh. And a lot of stuff happens. I mean, does a lot of stuff happen? <laughs> a lot of events happen. Okay. <laughs> a lot of bullshit happens. Uh, they head out to the gardens um, where the Air Force has reserved the park for the night for, you know, base staff and all that. Um, you know, the thing, they wanted to get there early, but they're an hour late because Cassie doesn't know military time. <laughs> Uh, you know, they figure Yerks will be grabbing and infesting people in dark rides. So that means either the log flume or the house of horror. So they split up, uh, Jake, Margo and Cassie are on the log flume and they're going up the, you know, the clacker thing when the guy behind them recognizes Marco cause it's Torelli. And, um, Marco of course feels the need to goad him. Um, so when they get to the dark part, they get out of the boat and try to run, but they fall in the water themselves. Captain jumps in after them. They fall down the 50-foot drop and somehow don't die or get horribly injured. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if the Yerks weren't there, they must be at the House of Horrors because, you know, we have to have... They weren't at the right place, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. they, 
they get to the House of Horrors. Uh, they're in a cart. Torelli's in the cart behind them. And as they're going through the pirates and skeletons and such, they come to <laughs> Visser 3 and some Horkbashir, all standing perfectly still like <laughs> statues <laughs> in the House of Horrors, like they're part of the exhibit. And opposite them, there's the grizzly bear and hawk and snake, all also standing perfectly still, like they're part of, you know, the ride, uh, with fake tombstones and stuff between them. <laughs> yeah. So suddenly the Yerks strike, they go for Torelli because he's the top guy. There's like a big fight, Rachel 1v4 some hork because she's a badass. Um, regular people are watching and they're like, wow, what a cool ride, haha. While the speakers are all, beware of the graveyard ghouls and that. <laughs> Um, the fight spills out of the ride into the main park area. They fight and run through a parade of characters. People still think they're all part of the show. And eventually Visser 3, I guess, has enough and makes a run for his bug fighter, which he has parked atop an alien adventure adventure ride to disguise it. Uh, and he flies off. Remember Nope? <laughs> I do remember Nope. Is that This is... Yeah. Yes. Book, the book's nope. over now, right? The book is over, yeah. right? There's barely even any wrap-up, right? I don't even know why Visser 3 breaks off the engagement here other than they're in public. It's just a bunch of them fighting in public and people being like, haha, it's part of the show because there's goofy characters. I mean, yeah. It's a little insane. It's that, like, and that's, again, it's stupid, but it, but it's kind of funny. It's, it is funny. It's funny. It is. Uh, I don't know, I mean... Look, I'm no Yerk or anything. <laughs> I'm no Visser, so I claim. But if if it were me, maybe wait till one of them goes to the bathroom and just, like, get them in a stall and stick a Yerk in their ear. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are yeah. lots of subtler ways. You don't even need to. All they need is one of them. They only need to infest one guy. And it could be yeah. anywhere. It doesn't have to be when they're out on an event. It could be at his house. They could break in. They could wait for him to use the bathroom at a Wendy's. Like, <laughs> anywhere. This plan is so crazy and stupid. Kay Applegate had an idea for a scene where they're in a house of horrors and they're all frozen <laughs> pretending to be part of the house of horrors. And it's funny. And so that's what made it into the book. <laughs> yeah. I do love that scene. It's so fucking stupid, but I do love it. It's very goofy. I mean, even just the idea that this uh, secret base guy, this captain is so, he's like, oh, I'm going to get you, kids. <laughs> like, it's like, so over the top. Honestly, the scene with him in the log that gave me some uh, Paddington 2 vibes with like the scene <laughs> with the judge where Paddington shows up and he's like, bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's silly as all hell. Uh, I also don't understand. Cassie says the gardens leads us out to the park to private groups, especially on slow nights like Sundays. Our Sunday with this, yeah, that I guess because the next Sunday day is, is a not school a slow day. Night. Yeah, I don't think it is, but no, I guess that's the idea. <laughs> People are observing their day of rest on Sunday, John. Nobody goes oh, to the music that's park what it is. on Sunday. I also, oh yeah, I guess school isn't. They were at school, so I'm not. I'm not sure what. I guess are we just supposed to assume that the month the book comes out is the month it takes place in? Or is sure? I don't know. <laughs> I, that's not a bad assumption to make. 
It's 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 probably going to be relatively close if you say it's around there-ish, maybe forward or back a couple of months, give or take. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, now there's, it is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. There's a couple of good things that happen here. I uh, I like that the Air Force reserved the park under the name Gondor Industries. Right. 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 Which, you know, we all know from Lord of the Rings. Uh, it does make me uh, mm-hmm. wonder, hey, mm-hmm. do you know, uh, <laughs> you ever think about why Boromir couldn't get a Whopper? Why Why couldn't Boromir well, get a Whopper? Uh, I, think, I think it was because uh, uh, Gondor has no Burger King. Gondor needs no Burger King. You you fucked it up. <laughs> oh, or is it both? Oh, he says both those. It's both. Li- oh. Yeah, he says both of those lines. Oh, I thought you were correcting yourself. <laughs> no, I, you need to be a bigger Lord of the Rings. I didn't. Head. I only. I, I've only heard you say that joke with the first half of that punchline. <laughs> well, he says the full the. <laughs> he says the whole thing. Okay, it's funnier when you say both. Yeah. I, I just didn't, never bothered to finish it with you, I guess. Anyway. It, they have White Castle and Gondor, for those of you who are wondering. Um, in Animorphs, they mainly have McDonald's, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a couple... I also... Yeah, go on. Oh, yeah. You, no, no, you you're, you're probably going to say what, what I'm going to say, so... I got a couple of these. Yeah. I like when Visser 3 cuts the head off yeah. a Daffy Duck mascot. Yeah. And she sticks her real head out, and Visser 3 is like, what the fuck? Right. Because he doesn't... Yeah, yeah that I was like one that. of mine, it's, which is funny, but also, I mean, Visser 3, you have Mortrons, so, like, how the fuck is anything surprising to you about the physiology right. of a creature? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that can't be weirder than what he's seen. Uh, I like the part where they're in the uh, log flume and Jake's like, uh, oh, if they're going to snatch someone, it'll be up here because it's real dark, like a tunnel of love thing. And Cassie gets kind of jealous. She's like, how do you know that, Jake? Um, (laughs) I I think she's probably worried that he was there with Rachel before. Mm, Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Makes sense. I liked when the guy says, why are you kids so cynical? And Marco says, we watch too much TV. Yeah, yeah. I like that part a lot, too. Um (laughs) Now, I have a question for you about uh, this section. It's a very important question, very relevant to Animorphs. Great. Uh, what's a flume? Yeah, it's like a, you know, a log flume. Right. Yeah, what is it? Well, it's as opposed to like a rock flume or uh-huh. <laughs> other types of flumes. Right. It's, yeah. It's a vehicle that you carve out and sit in for going in the water, a flume. Or maybe it's mm. the, the slide part. Is the flume? <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I didn't look this. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Just... Well, I think we... this will be our our other word. We're not going to learn this word either. Flume. It is pretty fun to say. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe that's just somebody called their ride a log flume because they were oh, well, stupid there is and the everybody zoom copied flume. that name. Hmm. So I think the flume is the part. Yeah, the logs aren't the flumes. I think the 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 device that the path. The slide is the flume. Okay. Maybe okay. maybe that's so now, a thing in nature. Yeah. Maybe like a flume is like a stream or something. Could be. Could be. <laughs> now the listeners of our podcast, they'll, they'll know about flumes. They'll know about uh, if somebody talks to them about, about a dumpster flume, they'll know what that means. Right. Uh, okay. So uh, then we also, yeah, we end on this note of, you know, as long, like they kind of just say, forget it. We didn't, we saved them this time. Maybe they'll try to go back to the base, but eh, fuck it. It's just a toilet. <laughs> Who cares? 
Yeah, like Cassie had like a whole thing about why it was important to do this garden scene, but then it it's just kind of all right, whatever. And also, it's like, yeah, it's fine. They might try to again infest innocent people over there, but you know, it'll keep yeah. them busy. Haha. <laughs> High ranking, top secret military guys. Yeah, that part's not important. He's only guarding a toilet. They're they're just assuming the wily e. coyote behavior that well, he's not going to try it again. <laughs> yeah, that, that does start to become a problem pretty seriously in Animorphs, where it's like, why, 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 why aren't they trying it again? <laughs> like, th- even if they don't, even if they think they're Andalites, there's only six of them. Like, they can't be everywhere at once. <laughs> they, yeah, it's pretty easy to work around these <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. Kind of weird. Um, kind of strange, but. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, that's basically it, right? Like, uh, other than the final line where Cassie dumps a bucket of water on Marco's head, that's the book, right? Yeah, it is, um, pretty stupid. It's pretty stupid. This is our, like, first truly stupid book. What do you think of the stupid books? (laughs) Well, I don't, uh, part of me, you know, uh, we're just coming off of our last episode where we kind of ranked the first mm-hmm. set of books and part of me is pointing to this and saying like, see how good fucking megamorphs and the forgotten are <laughs> to me. This is a book that also doesn't matter, but isn't nearly as fun as those books. In my opinion, hmm. I, I there's way more interesting, exciting scenarios presented in both those books to me than, than this, this, the only reason this book isn't a total disaster is because it's so dumb that it's funny. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I do think that I'm probably going to end up liking this one more than you. Cause I do, I don't love it, but I, I have a soft spot for it. Honestly, everyone kind of remembers. Oh yeah. The dumb and delight toilet book. Ha ha. (laughs) Um, like I, I, you know, you're 100 percent right. It's not exciting or meaningful in any way. But there's a lot of like stupid shit that happens where you can sort of, you know, reminisce and be like, "Ha ha! Remember when they did that dumb thing?" <laughs> yeah, sure. I like it. But I'm also, glad it happened. I feel like we just talked about how, like, you know, my fear of or my expectation of. Mm-hmm. Animorphs just devolving into a dumb kids book and re- recurring f- too much filler and st- and I mean this book is exactly what my fear mm-hmm. is like it's just <laughs> illustrated it, it completely in one book of what I feel like the like it, this is funny because it's dumb but it feels like a one off right now but if this was mm-hmm. every book it would be a fucking disaster <laughs> mm-hmm. so <laughs> you know that's my it's the, it doesn't, it scares me a little bit for the future is what it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, that's understandable. <laughs> I, I definitely agree with you. The, you could definitely think of this as a, as a jump the shark type book in a way. Oh, well, yeah, I don't even, yeah. In some way it's hard for it. <laughs> I feel like with Animorphs it's hard to jump a shark because it's so, it, it has eight, it has, a, it laughs in the face of jumping the shark. It's like, we're going to fucking yeah. morph into the shark and then turn into a horse and jump over that. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, this is such a, the tonal range of this series is yeah. wild, right? Like yeah. 
stark depictions of PTSD and genocide to, like, the meandering slow skunk scenes to insane high-concept Elemis sci-fi, and then, like, this nonsense. Like, it, Animorphs is just everywhere. It's all the fuck over the place. Yeah, and, and you know, that said, I like this because I get to disagree with you and annoy you in t- from two opposite ends. Uh, because I also still think this is better than the secret. <laughs> I I think I might like this one a little bit better than the secret. Okay. Um, it just just it, but it, th- it's almost a hard one to assess because it's it's one of those ones where everyone, you know, if you talk to people who only sort of remember the series but but read it enough times, they'll often be like, "Oh yeah, remember the dumb one where there was an Andalite toilet?" And you're like, "Yeah." So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I'm. I don't know how I'm gonna feel. We're gonna again have to wait and see for our season retrospective because I, mm. I'm not sure. I think it really depends on what kind of books are coming up and if I come back to this one a little more fondly. Like I, I didn't. Mm. I didn't have a bad time reading it, but it's just so stupid. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I'm excited for this season, just in general. Uh, this is this is my like starting season. Great. There's a lot of dumb shit. There's a lot of cool shit. I'm excited. So. Okay. Now, if everyone listening, you can stop now. Feel free to get off the ride at this point. And by the way, I also want to say, the, I do think the gardens is a cool idea for a set piece. And I wish that I, I wish it was saved for something that made more sense. Because uh, it seems like a natural thing that should happen. And I wish... I wish it wasn't so stupid. <laughs> I feel like they wasted it. <laughs> but anyway, <All> right. <laughs> you can stop listening now because there's going to be another 40 minutes or so of the pop culture references. References. Oh, no, they want the references. If you want them, then stick around uh, because you're mm-hmm. going to get them. Yeah. And I maybe Hit missed me. a couple, but I'm going to try to, as usual, get through them relatively quickly. I got a list here. I'll tell you at the end if there's any that I saw. I'm sure there are a couple of, uh, you know, 50-50s that maybe you considered references and I didn't, so. I'm not even sure I put 50-50s in here. All right. (laughs) Cassie says she will not be appearing on the cover of Seventeen. Cassie's dad listens to old Stevie Wonder CDs. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. There is an Airstream trailer, which is a brand of trailer that looks like a silver bullet. Didn't know that Mm -hmm. name. Uh, we mentioned the cardboard cutouts. One of them looks like Alien from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Probably, I guess, is one. Although, I don't know who made that cardboard cutout. Was that in movie theaters? I don't know. And another one is a cardboard cutout of Data from Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Also in the- Crazy Helen's home. <laughs> Big list of Crazy Helen's merch here. <laughs> She's got a lot of merch. She has. Star Wars masks, Wookiees and Darth Vader and Imperial Stormtroopers, along with Star mm-hmm. Trek handheld phasers and Spock ears. Mm-hmm. Posters of Mulder and Scully from X-Files, Mike Crow, mm-hmm. Servo, and Gypsy from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, GPC. Well. <laughs> At the time. But now it's GPC. Does this go back to the, the dedication? Are we... <laughs> nah, nah. Jane Fonda as Barbarella, Plan 9 from Outer Space, The Day the Earth Stood Still, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and of course, 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's 
this got a lot of shit. Fun to this s- is where I'm living. Fun to have a mystery science theater. That's not a. That's never really been mainstream. So that's kind of an obscure reference to throw yeah, in. Yeah, uh, it is kind of exciting because I didn't. I didn't quite remember uh, that that was in this book. Yeah. So I'm. I'm happy to see Mike Crow and Servo on here. Yeah. Now, now Mike she, era. This is a Mike era. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Helen's a Mike fan, or you know, you don't know. It could be just which poster was available. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if she got the most recent stuff, you know, this is late '90s. It would have been a Mike era. Yeah, thing I guess so. at that point. Yeah, I guess I guess it's not so obscure. They were pro- they were probably on Comedy Central, so they were like. Yeah. You know. I mean, that's where the VHS tapes that I always rewatched as a kid. Like we filmed them off Comedy Central, so. All right, Marco. I think. Yeah, no, it definitely aired on Comedy Central. Definitely did. I just wasn't sure yeah. if it was because it moved channels. So. Mm. Uh, Mar- we get a lot more. <laughs> Marco is slurping on Mountain Dew. We mentioned the ball. Oh, wow. We, no, we skipped a lot. Or no, only a couple. What did I skip? Uh, keep going. What did I skip? I just keep going. Tell me what I you skipped. Skip, you skipped Dr. Carter, Noah Weil from ER. Okay, Rachel see, goes, I... Oh, yeah. They, mm-hmm, about that. I truly thought that was like some doctor they had that they thought was cute. I know nothing about ER. <laughs> I didn't either, but I was like, this is someone, right? Oh, yeah, this is ER. Okay. They, they kind of, mm-hmm, about him. Yeah, now. I was confused about that, actually. Okay. It was yeah. was that it? Um uh I put in they they said the holy grail, which is a kind of Alright. And yeah, that's about it. There's I mean I have whatever. I have some of those later, so that's fair. Okay. Um okay. Baldwin Boy Five, the gap and mm-hmm. J Crew at the mall, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark and Marco and Jake fight over whether Spider Man could be Batman. No hyphen, of course, in Spider Man. Um the I mean the Kentucky Derby does that count as a reference? Mm-hmm. Great, I think that counts. Uh, someone says, "Couldn't you just get him a nice Hallmark card?" Uh, of course, actually, Marco does not refer to Rachel as Zena, but Cassie mentions that he calls her Zena. <laughs> mm-hmm. And another first here. I don't know if this reoccurs, re- recurs, reoccurs, but Marco she says that compared to Rachel, she would be Gabrielle. Now I'm not really a Xena head, so I had to look this up because that is that was Xena's sidekick oh, really? on the show. Yeah, no, I didn't. I watch I did Zena. see enough Xena to to know Gabrielle. Yeah, it wasn't my thing. Um, Tyra Banks, we mentioned they reference an Exxon station. Marco sings a line from uh, ZZ Top. Is that song just called mm-hmm. Legs? <laughs> that might be what it's called. She's, yeah, she's got legs. She knows how to use them. Uh, they talk about how aliens that don't look like ET. Uh, numerous references, of course, to Marco using the fake name of Agent Mulder, and then also just Cassie sar- or Rachel sarcastically calling him Agent Mulder. Uh, they say Earth is the McDonald's next to the highway of the galaxy. They reference Humvees, right? That's a specific that model is, yeah. of car that counts. Uh, this one I was I, I wrote down. I, I guess it must be a reference because one guy says we got our share of Looney Tunes and it's capitalized. But I, I feel like Looney Tune is not necessarily a reference to the cartoon Looney Tunes. Like, you, yeah, you, I don't know. I feel like it is like it was it always a... was it. Did they originate that phrase? I maybe I don't know. I thought you could just call somebody a Looney Tune like just meant they were wacko. I always assumed it was a reference to that show. Well, I'd look it up. We don't have time. Uh, what about Yakko? Keep going. Don't listen <laughs> to me. Rachel is Scully. Cassie is Cindy Crawford. Pizza Hut delivery. The sports scoreboard recording. I don't really know what that is, but it was capitalized. So I assume that's a, like a thing. Um, Rachel or Cassie calls Marco Beavis. 
Uh, Axe spoils the whole Mr. Spock slash Commander Data thing by something by looking like a freak. I don't remember the rest of that sentence. He, he asked it. He said he wanted if wood was tasty. Right. They don't, we already went over that they one. They don't usually refer to Data as Commander, I feel. So it's interesting to give him that designation. But Kay Applegate would know. She's the Trekkie. The seagulls mm-hmm. get excited about Butterfinger wrappers and a Burger King dumpster. That's a BKD, all capitalized words there, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. They also see some stuff behind Papa John's, which in my copy, Papa John's was written with two Ps. Yeah, it's misspelled in mine too, and I believe it's on Seropedia as a goof. Papa John's. Papa John's. I'm also surprised. <laughs> I feel like Papa John's, was that like around in the 90s? I guess it was. I didn't know about it. Yeah. One, one more thing that didn't age well. I <laughs> can't wait for the subway book. <laughs> Boy, uh, Cassie, you look like Jared with all the weight you lost. That's what Joe will say to her. Um, now, this was another one of my 50-50s where someone someone says uh, they want to go before Max the horse starts raising Cain. Mm-hmm. Biblical reference. Sure. And I'm also going to, this is later, but I'm going to lump these in because someone else says, what the blazing Hades is going on here. Now, in both these instances, it feels like those are replacements for the word hell, which they have definitely said in these books before. So I'm not sure what that's about. What are the standards and rules of what they're allowed to say? Uh, is it just the the whim of the editor yeah. that month decides, no, that's no good? If they actually read what she wrote. <laughs> yeah, don't know. Uh, Marco says they're trapped in a Mr. Ed rerun, and it also refers to the Nick at Night Zone, which I sure hope is listed as a goof on Seropedia because uh, he's it is spelled in the book N-I-G-H-T, but of course Nick at Night is with an N-I-T-E. Hmm. So, yeah. that's an I don't know if it's listed as a goof. One to catch. Uh, they mentioned something uh, being on sale at the Pluto Walmart. Uh, Tobias quotes Shakespeare, says a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. And then he says, just in case you didn't get it afterwards, Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reference the endless neon golden arches, of course, McDonald's again, and Best Western Hotels, Gondor Industries, a great big plaster Paul Bunyan thing. Kind of that one as a reference. A band yeah. at the gardens plays 76 trombones from The Music Man. They also play You're a Grand Old Flag. And then uh, we also get a parade of Looney Tunes characters, which, you know, I'm, I have to wonder, uh, how's the licensing work out for this? Is this a Six Flags situation? Do Six Flags in this universe not have the rights to Looney Tunes? Or uh, Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers decided you can have some Looney Tunes too? Or is the Gardens just doing this without permission? <laughs> I don't know. Could be any of these. But they have Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Tweety Bird, Sylvester, the Tasmanian Devil, Pepe Le Pew, and Yosemite Sam. Yeah, I think you should do, you're kind of a theme park guy. You should do like a little bit of a an assessment on the gardens. You should. Mm-hmm. I want to hear your take on the gardens. Let's, yeah, well, we're going to start a side YouTube channel for, for stuff we don't okay. have time for on here. And one of them will be like a full breakdown of the gardens. That makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned a lot of those that I didn't get. Um, <laughs> there is one of them on here that you didn't mention that is fairly important, which is Marco uh, makes a reference. He says that they, it, they're talking about horses all looking like each other, and he says we'd be like Sweet Valley Horses which is a reference to the book series Sweet Valley High. Okay. Uh, and this 
is important because Kay Applegate actually got her start as a ghostwriter for the Sweet Valley High series. Oh, wow. Well, that's yeah, a good so one. she's I, throwing a little. I think I yeah. just thought Sweet Valley was just like a place. <laughs> I didn't really mm. know what he was talking about. <laughs> no, no, that's a little, a little, uh, little Easter egg for you. Wow. Okay, that's good. Anything else? No, that's that's about it. I also just also want to say, at least on Cyropedia, they have a picture of a. I don't know if this is in your book. There's like a little activity page that has like a uh, like a pu- like a crossword puzzle kind of thing like some trivia about animorphs yeah i don't have that in my copy although i did have to replace my copy i lost my old one so yeah. i don't know if i maybe had it as a kid or not i don't know exactly if it was in the book or where it was from but i did notice it has some mentioned some stuff in here including an interview maybe this was like an, a stiff separate animorphs magazine or something because it says it has an interview with tobias from the animorphs tv show so mm. that's interesting to know that the the tv show was was already happening right now at least it was yeah. in the works yeah, no, it happens so that's pretty early yeah that's kind of surprising to me that it built up that quickly that it became popular enough to get a show that fast yeah and again, it's weird because in my memory, I remember that show. I feel like I remember it coming on and like anticipating it. When, yeah, you know what? I feel like I do too. But I feel huh. like that in my in my head, I would think that didn't happen until like two or three years later. So yeah, it, I, maybe yeah. I don't know if it, how late it happened, but I did not start reading when this book came out, and I could swear I watched the premiere. That's so weird. Isn't it strange how time plays tricks on us all? Mm, that is kind of strange. <laughs> uh, yeah, according to this, the first episode... Oh, no, this is the first episode premiered September 15th, 1998. S- maybe it's possible it was announced and it was in production and this was a pre-interview with, mm. with, with the actor. Or maybe this thing I'm looking at came from a later edition, release. Yeah. yeah, not a first edition. Yeah, so not that crazy. All right. Well, as usual, um, I mean, it makes sense that the dumbest book with the things I had the least to say about is one of our longer episodes. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> what, Listen, we we were on track to finish early till the references happened. It's true. I mean, that that I mean, that was going to sink us. We were screwed. on. Well, and also we had an email in the beginning and we did spend a lot of time talking about the cover. <laughs> so, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Everybody loves but it. What if what if. There's not enough of this podcast, and the listeners want more of us. Where else might they find us? Well, you can talk to us directly by emailing us, theyerkyboys at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at theyerkyboys. You can follow me on Twitter at Quence. And you can find the other stuff that I do on the internet at my personal website, which is jonathanestis.com. That's my name. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at dogtimesmcgee. I will not be giving you my real name other than... <laughs> the first one which i already listen listen thanks everyone for listening tune in next time when we'll be talking about book 15 the escape in which marco turns into a shark on the yerky boys (laughs) 